The following program is rated TV MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Welcome to the real BBC. I'm your host for today. Alex from Hill versus Babyface because it's on my channel this week. It's on Gary's channel next week, so God tune in there. Just regular day today. Nothing, no big deal. Nothing happening really. No. Ah, no. No. no special guest. Okay, yeah, might have a guest today. <laughs> might have quite a special guest today. Uh, but first, before we get round uh, to me desperately trying to keep my composure, uh, Gary, how you doing? You're such a gay fanboy. Massive. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> Unapologetically. I'm going to be like this in like five minutes. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh my God. <laughs> Hi. Uh, just got off the road. Everybody thought I wouldn't make it. I made it. My wife didn't think I would make it. Uh, I made her sleep in a truck stop last night so we could make it on time. <laughs> I'm in so much trouble, dude. <laughs> oh, no. That's a night out. That's a meal in a restaurant. That is left LA at seven thirty. Made it to Pecos, Texas, at about one in the morning. Oof. Crashed out at the truck stop. Froze my ass off. Got up at six thirty. Got here about a half hour ago. Let's do this. Woo. Yeah. Hello, Molly Molly. How you doing? Hello. Whenever we do these things, I'm like, what have I done the past week? It's like, oh yeah, I played and finished Atomic Heart. I don't know if you still intend to touch that at all, as but uh... I bought it, so I will <laughs> Mom, this Look is at not this the right professionalism. <laughs> what is this? Mom, no. <laughs> you should have picked up when I called you earlier. Mom wants to talk to Chuck. I'm working, Mom. <laughs> it's obvious. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, I bought it, so I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play it at some point. Absolutely wild ride. So many, so many highlights in both how the game is buggy and broken in some oh. ways. Okay, mostly works. It's, it's really hard to say as like a general like five second review. But uh, the one thing I just wanted to say about it was that uh, it like its soundtrack is really strange. It has heavy metal in it sometimes, and it has like techno and then it's like also just i was about to say normal just normal game music for lack of a better term and it, it'll the the um the heavy metal stuff kicks in whenever you're like in a big arena moment and lots of enemies are coming at you but the thing is i don't know if they've not refined the ai director let's put it that way where the music is coming in and out dependent on how many enemies you fight you know when you kill them all it stops that's how games mm -hmm. do it but sometimes games try and space it out when you've killed a couple it'll calm it down and then when they come some will come in it'll boost it back up and there's this moment where i hit like a lull in the fight 
but there was not no more like no enemies were really attacking me the heavy metal was still pounding and i'd like picked up an audio log of just a guy being like come on now jeremy now open your book and, do this. <laughs> and then like it, I, yeah <laughs> it was a of heavy metal plus this scientist talking about things plus a bunch of things i had to open and search through just for like random knickknacks i was just like this is the most bizarre experience <laughs> but you know what it's fun i'll give it that so you know, i'd be curious to see you streaming as there is a fridge that wants to um yeah with you so mm. I, I could see you having a lot of interest in that maybe well i saw i saw dsp was very disgusted with that and almost ended his stream because of it really is the fridge I, name uh, is the fridge name gail simone yeah yo no gail simone's in the fridge oh or taking stuff out of the fridge uh speaking of <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> we've got somebody here, by the way, that is the true person behind Birds of Prey. Can I yes. just say that? The true person behind it, not the fake one, not the fake. Never mind. Uh, and we seem to have a little guest today, comic book writing legend. And that word doesn't get thrown around easily, but you are, sir, a legend. Part of my comic book dream team of chuck dixon and graham nolan chuck welcome to the show thank you for coming on thank you for having me thank you this is great i'm done that's it <laughs> thank you. good night all right ladies and gentlemen <laughs> hell of a show thank you life fulfilled i'll see you on the other side folks take care right. Bye for now. <laughs> uh, absolutely phenomenal to have you on uh, wonderful to have you. Uh, such an incredible part of the the comic book industry. Um, how? I mean, put it this way. I, I I've said in many streams, and I'm sorry for for. I mean, we're gonna gush. <laughs> we're gonna gush. It's only fair. I said. Uh, I, I've said many times. If I if I bought DC Comics today, right? First of all, it'd be a pencils down. Get the fuck out to everyone. Including you, Jim Lee. Out. And the first call I make would be to you, Chuck. I need you. I need you here. I need you to run things. Are you interested? That would be my first call. All right. We'll back that truck full of money up to the house, and we'll talk. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you pay for you know. You pay for the best. <laughs> none of this tumbler shit, which is around now. Get that Warner Brothers money. Oh, there is none. Uh, yeah never mind i'd have to take on part of their debt yeah <laughs> yes i mean you know that's... vida ayala but you know that's how they got rid of cw <laughs> we'll sell for a dollar and take the debt please you gotta yeah can you, we'll give it to you you just take 75 percent of our debt please <laughs> please oh man uh but actually phenomenal to have you on it's good to be here well, let's not get hasty. Okay. <laughs> We're a little early in the show. Just just in case you, you don't know, know chat, th this is a legit <laughs> legend along with Graham. Uh, oh, yeah. Has been responsible for a lot of things, including uh, uh, hoisting DC on his back and the Bat family on his back for a long period of time, which was really great. Uh, and uh, some of the best books I read, like right when I got out, uh, one of the first things I did, got out of prison, by the way, uh, was uh, go to the comic store and bought up all the comics from the last two years that I could that I was that I missed and a bunch of them were by Chuck Dixon. Uh, 
and it, it, it really got me through uh, when I was when I would when I just was readapting to the world in a month, kind of hiding from it and reading a lot of comics. So so thanks, Chuck. You have no cool. idea. Cool. Uh, and I'm part um, of your rehabilitation. That's awesome. Yeah. And oh. one of the things I missed, we'll talk about this later. This little baby right here, which has got, I've heard you tell the story. Uh, you did a great interview with European Laura. It's a great channel out there. Good friend of ours. And uh, I, I would like you later on, we'll talk about the story behind this because it's a very cool story. Sure. I mean, there was a time where you were essentially writing Detective Comics, which is the premiere bat book. Detective Comics, Robin, Nightwing, Catwoman. Azrael, Bird's Prey. <laughs> you know, uh, I just sure, never said you know, no. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, but I mean, it was from, from my perspective, I was okay with that. I was very okay with that. Cause, uh, you know, you know, when I, 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 I started collecting comics in 92. Well, yeah, and okay. uh, just before Nightfall hit, that's when I, that's when I started. I think the, the first one I picked up was the Pagan. Uh, the pagan issue and uh then nightfall happened and of course you know we had the dixon nolan and, and whatnot and the Texicons with chuck dixon and then when robin got his spin-off and when asriel got his spin-off when catwoman got a spin-off nightwing got their spin-off and i was i would literally as, as a kid who knows nothing about <laughs> comics other than i just love reading these bat books i'd see chuck dixon on the front i'd see dixon on the front and i'd just be like yes wow because you just need to just you know there were certain writers that like I loved Alan Grant stuff, you know, and uh, but you saw you saw like Chuck Dixon and he'd be like, I'm I'm this is gonna be a good one, this is gonna be a good one. <laughs> so when he started you know writing all the the Bat Family essentially, uh, it was just like a dream come true for me because I was just reading this this quality absolute quality from from one book to another book to the next and it. It was, I, I, you just felt spoiled. You felt absolutely spoiled. And, you know, when you could tell when you left, I mean, when you, when you left, you, I could see you just felt, oh no, this is not, this is not quite right. They, they're not quite getting this. So they're not quite getting that. And, and, uh, you know, I'm not trying to shit over everyone, but, you know, uh, and it was, it was very, very notable indeed. And, uh, yeah, I, I just, I just absolutely, um, relished. This period of time, I, I felt, I felt, uh, yeah, I just felt us being completely spoiled with this amazing writing and this amazing medium, uh, and and then you know backed up by incredible artwork, you know Graham Nolan, of course, Jim Apparel, Norm Brayfogle, and and people like that, which just oh, well, it was a dream come true for me too. I mean, you talk about spoiled. I was spoiled. They kept calling on the phone. You want to write this? You want to write that? You want to write that? Yes, 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 yes. I want to write all of that. Yeah. I never thought I'd ever write Batman. You know, and there I was 11 years writing almost nothing but Batman. So I was in heaven. You hear that? So was I. A comic writer who likes writing comic books. Isn't yes. that weird? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> I have to write them. It's compulsion. Yeah. <laughs> But well, I, I go on, sorry, go on. You go. No, I got a question because you've been doing this for years and you've seen what's happened to the industry recently. Chuck, do you still love comic books? Yeah, I still love the medium. I've always loved the medium. I'm I'm not, I mean, I love the characters, but I'm not here for the characters. I'm here for the medium. Yes. You know, I, I love the challenge of uh, creating engaging stories in a sequence of static images. 
for, for some oh, yeah. reason it's in my dna i was actually gonna ask especially since we're only 12 minutes in what got you into it how did you get started I, I don't remember ever not seeing comics. I mean, I was reading comics before I could read. Uh, mm. And they were, you know, when I was a kid, they were much more available. They were everywhere you went, there were comic books. Every house you visited had a stack of comics. Every barbershop <clears throat> had a stack of comics. You know, drugstores, flea markets, everywhere you went, there were comics. And I just fell in love with the medium. I was sick a lot as a kid, a lot of hospitalizations and stuff, uh, which I, I share that origin with a lot of comic creators, you know, and people would bring me comics, you know, to pass the time. Mm. And I just, it became a second language to me. That's crazy. It's amazing how people get into comics because uh, I remember being uh, a kid and the, the, the uh, Tim Burton Batman movie came out 89. And, uh, you know, I'd, I've been brought up on the, the 66 series so you know you're a teenager. You 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 you, you know you're going through the, that phase. Oh my god, so dark is so amazing. <laughs> and then uh, three you know three years later, the the sequel comes out. Then the the animated series comes out. And I was I just walked into my local news agent one day in like 1992, and. Uh, just to the left, tiny, tiny, pokey place. You know, one of those ones you just like walk in and there's basically the counter. Right. And then it's got all like the, the sweets and the things around the place. And they, they had a spin rack just by the door. And I looked, I looked, just looked at the spin rack and it had this, uh, this, this Batman comic. And it was like, you know, newsstand American comic. Cause in the UK, we have like essentially like A4 comics. Right. That's the, that's the kind of size. And so I was just like, Batman comic, you know. So you like picked up the Batman comic and I had a little flick through. It was like 50 pence at the time. So I bought that and I, I read that. And like I said, it was the introduction of Pagan. And um, I thought was it. I was done. I was hooked. I was <laughs> like, this is this this is amazing. You got this, like this artwork's great. I think it was Jim Aparo's artwork. Just look, reading through that. And I think it's Alan Grant that, that wrote it. And I'm just yeah. like, Reading through this, I'm just like, oh my god, these comics are amazing. And so I'd, I'd go back every month to to get the newsstand for a few months, and then it, it turned into, I need I need more because I live in this this place, just this pokey town. I need more, so I went to the the city, the, the like the nearest city, which was like forty miles away or something like that. And I'm a kid, so I'm going on the bus, and uh, it's like it's a town uh, city called Leeds. And then uh, I knew there was a Forbidden Planet, and I found went to the Forbidden Planet, and I but I went to this this like shopping center, the market area, and uh, you know just people selling all sorts. And at the corner there was this guy selling comics, and so I just literally went up to him. I was just like, I've been I've been buying Batman, and uh, I'd like more. Can you help? And he he was literally just like, well. There's Batman. There's also Detective Comics, and that, and then he he just kind of went through all. So I, I just used to just go to him every few weeks because uh, I'm a kid. I don't have I don't have pocket money. You know, I had to I had right. to get a he job and, and work. He was your dealer, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. he was he was my dealer. So I'd, he I saw I, you I would, coming. Yeah, <laughs> well, he he was great though. He was like he saw me coming in the right sort of a way. You know, right. I, I, somebody's interested in the medium. And uh, they're coming along, so I'd go along and I'd I'd spend, you know, the, this this money to get these back issues, and then that was it. Once I started reading the back issues, 
I was like, oh, I'm hooked. And then nightfall started. And that was it. I was just like, <laughs> and it just became an obsession after that. Yeah, I was the same way. I mean, I would, uh, you know, hunt high and low. But back when Marvel first started coming out, they were hard to find because DC was distributing them. So uh, oh. you, you had to hunt. You had to go all over town uh, to newsstands and drugstores looking for uh, Marvel comics. That I remember was... when I was at university, I was so desperate to to finish the Contagion storyline <laughs> that I, I literally went around London. I just went around London to any any shop <clears throat> that I could. There's no internet then. Right. So I, I was literally just going from a shop, seeing what they had to finish the Contagion storyline, and then going... Can you tell me where another shop is that I can buy comics? Some of them weren't too happy with that question. No. But, you know. <laughs> uh, but I literally saw like taking taxis to try and get to these these uh, these shops to finish off. I was desperate to finish it, man. <laughs> That's dedication. I appreciate it. Yeah, it is. Oh yeah. That's what was comics was to for mm. us. You know, mm. uh, I, I tried like hell. I hated diamond probably from uh from the get-go when i bought my store and and the one thing i noticed is like i really hate how comics aren't everywhere anymore that's yeah. the only way and uh so i i worked out a deal with the 7-eleven down the street where i just bought them for him and put a wow. rack in and just like it's like hey if somebody likes them just mention me once in a while we did a straight deal i didn't even make any money off it i'm just like i'm like we need to do this we like and I, the other store owners who pooed it said it was terrible idea oh, oh, you know oh and, oh. and it's what it, it's what killed it's how we lost a generation you know we well, lost the, little asses running around the, re know? the retailers blindness to the fact that they needed an entry level <laughs> for comics I, I i could never understand that oh. it's like well we're in competition with the newsstand no 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 the newsstand is entry level that's yep. where they seek nobody ever walked into a comic book store cold no Nobody ever, and, and it's like so. Maybe ten percent of the kids that will buy them off the spin rack might go to your store someday, but without that spin rack, they don't even know you exist. Yeah. Nope. Well, I mean, what's the point? I, the I, I always said if they marketed carrots the way they marketed comics, after a year you'd go, remember carrots? Do they still yeah. make them? <laughs> right. So, I will say you guys are definitely all going to be the veteran experts on this, but as a as the generation that was switching over, I can tell you, video games killed comics so hard. Yep. They well, did. yes and no. I mean, I heard that excuse in the in the eighties, the early eighties, and Kids then love it was video a games. huge resurgence in comics. Yeah, you know? that was the thing. I was reading the some comics. I had Simpsons right. comics. I was collecting them, but um video games man that's just where my time started to get funneled i think into. the better answer would be uh comics killed themselves yeah uh they killed uh, by allowing video games to just dominate uh after that resurgence in the 90s which was insane absolutely insane right. and we even had a little resurgence post 9 11 too it wasn't anywhere near the 90s or the 80s but the sales were ticking up a little bit i, I mean i bought you know i got lucky i bought i bought in at 2003 and I, and I experienced through the, the mid-aughts. There's a lot of crazy storytelling, but people were coming in. I was starting to get kids. And what I did, Chuck, is I bought all those, uh, you know, X-Men classics, world, world's greatest comics, those Bronze Age reprints. Right, I found a guy right. to sell me a collection of those for like $1,000. And 
and I put oh. them on racks, and that was my kid section. I wouldn't allow. Oh. I hated all those for younger ages Marvel and DC books. I thought they were stupid. Yeah. So I'm like, let the kids read what I read, and I, <laughs> I, I, uh, mm. I had a rule: if you're under 12, you got four for a dollar. So like, kids were starting to come in and buy them for their dad, which I had to kind of stop. But like, it worked, you know. And I worked with yeah, the school yeah. across the street, and uh, did everything I could. And, and, and it worked for my store in like not really family friendly San Francisco. It's a long story how I ended up there, but, um, and it worked and it, and it was working You gay. and then well, I know, and yeah. then Brian Hibbs comes in and, and ruined it, but you know, whatever. Oh. Uh, but like, yeah, it, it, it still could have been done, especially with the movies and, uh, you know, the, the comics did it to themselves. They kept on, why aren't the movie studios, uh, helping us? It's like, no, why aren't you helping yourselves? Why aren't you taking why are you killing a character who's got it? Like, why is Captain America dead when a Captain America movie comes out? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, why is I'm on a 15 year old black girl? Yeah, it, 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 it doesn't make any sense because they killed themselves because they just thought, well, the movie studios should help us. Now, it would have been nice for the movie studios to put like the 1 800 comic book at the end or something, but uh, they didn't have to. And and the industry just was completely fine with their semi socialistic one distributor uh you know uh accidental monopoly i call it accidental monopoly because nobody wanted to compete with diamond nobody did like yeah. and, and that's 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 a sign your industry is dying when nobody wants to compete with the distributor you know there used to be many you know and uh they they wanted the the convenience and they killed it with convenience well it, it reached a point where you had to be a total son of a bitch to stay in it and yeah. diamond was just the last son of a bitch standing i mean i'm a Capital Comics, those people were terrific. And they did a great job, but they just couldn't do that sort of, you know, smash mouth marketing that Diamond was doing. And Diamond was, you know, vicious from the beginning. I, mm -hmm. I remember I went to a, a Diamond show when I was doing Airboy. Eclipse had me go to this show and you would, and each company would have their presentation. And the Diamond rep came around and told us what to say. And I said, I don't work for you. Yeah. He goes, you all work for us. Wow! <laughs> yeah, you know, I, that's when I was ordering. I just felt like a customer shopping at a store. That I, you know, I was the diamond storefront right. uh, idea. Like, really was was bad. It was just all new comics, and people went away from back issues for the most part. And what are the shops that are doing well right now? They're back issue shops. Back, back issues, issue yeah. shops are killing it yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, diamond used to, you know, schmooze the companies, you know, DC and Marvel and everything else, you know, to get that business and, and basically to convince them to leave the newsstand. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I, I see my royalty checks, you know, <laughs> I see what the newsstand, the news, my newsstand sales are five times what my comic book sales are. Mm. Why are we going to leave this market? But they did, you know, they thought, well, this is the future. No, no, this is a dead end. Yeah. Yeah, I think to follow up, it's like, I think it was a coincidence, the gaming uh, market skyrocketing around the same time the comic one fell apart, but for different reasons, or at least coincidental reasons. There might be a connection, but the thing is, video games haven't killed movies, TV, books. You know, it's all like an equal market share, and comics seems to have had a very unique downfall, unfortunately. Well, yeah, but movies and TV, they market themselves to the general public. Comics yes. have never done that. They've never done that. And never. the rare times when they did... I remember an ad in the, um, in the like, I think the late seventies, they aver actually advertised the GI Joe comic on TV. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yep. And every retailer in the country was like, what the hell happened? 
They all the phone rang all day long. I mean, they sold so many copies of that one comic, and then they never did it again. Yeah, Why? Transformers <laughs> used to do that. The the Transformer toy adverts uh, that they'd have the Transformer toys, you know, by Optimus Prime, da da da. And then at the end, it would say, "Read, you know, get more Transformers in the Marvel comic," and it would actually have the 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 Marvel comic. But yeah, the comic industry doesn't market itself to anyone but itself. There's, 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 there's no external. It's, it, it's amazing if people in the general public now know that there's still comics going. Yeah. Because you, you'd never, you, you never see anything. You never see any marketing in, uh, in just general magazines. You don't see anything on television. You don't no. see anything on a cinema screen. You just don't see a thing. So how, how are people actually meant to know that comic books still exist? Apart from you know people on Twitter telling their customers to fuck off. Uh, which they which they you know quite happy to oblige. They they are not a good marketing technique. It hasn't worked no. out for them very well. No, I, I, have a, I have a video dropping tomorrow where I talk about you know this subject. Someone asked me, uh, you know, why don't they market comics? Why don't they have the actors holding up comics? You know, mm. Robert Downey Jr. holds up an Iron Man comic on 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 some late night talk show would do a lot to yeah. promote comics. Yeah, and I'm like, you know. Hey, this is not a new idea. And I have pictures of Muhammad Ali reading the Muhammad Ali Superman comic. I have pictures of Elizabeth Montgomery reading the Bewitched comic from the 60s. I mean, they yeah. used to do this. Why don't they do it now? I mean, you could put a 1-800 or Marvel.com at the end of the credits, but that's not going to get you anywhere. No. You know, what would it cost to actually have the people playing these characters hold up the freaking comic one time? Yeah, on I TV? just... Um... I've just watched a documentary about the um, the the uh, arrival of PlayStation, the original PlayStation in the nineties. And one thing that they did was they got Michael Jackson at their launch boot to 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 play, right? And uh, that that uh, shifted a lot of units, and it was mm. even worse for the competition because uh, Nintendo had actually worked with Michael Jackson in the past. As they market it, but now he was seen at the, the their rival, and it and it sh it shifts units. It, it does work, but if you got Robert Downey Jr. to hold up an Iron Man comic when he was Iron Man, it'd be Re Re Williams. Yep. If, you know, yeah. if you got yeah. if you got uh, uh, Chris Hemsworth to hold up a Thor comic, uh, it would be um, Lady Thor. It would be, right. It would be Jane Foster. Well, that's uh, the problem too. Exactly. When when they're at the peak in, in phase one and well, particularly for like phase two, phase three, when they're in the peak of the MCU, none of those characters or barely one of those characters was actually in the comic themselves. Well, retailers have talked about that, that people would come in with kids, you know, hey, I want to buy a Thor comic. I want and then oh this is what we have. And it's like, this isn't Thor, this isn't Iron Man, this isn't yeah. Captain America. Uh, and it's like why you would do that. It's like they're afraid of success. And I've seen it over and over and over again. I mean, if they had a successful project and it wasn't their pet project, it wasn't the one they wanted to be a success. They did everything they could to kill it. Yes. Because this wasn't one of I mean, Spider Girl is an example. Spider Girl Ooh. was an enormous success for Marvel uh, with Tom DeFalco and Tom Ron DeFalco. I mean, yep. huge sales in trade paperback. They were selling in trade paperback what's what above what most monthly comics were selling. And Marvel hated that book. They did everything they could to kill that series because it so wasn't the one they wanted to be known for. 
I'm a little out of the loop on how comic book shops would work, but at least with DVD and, and VHS type shops, right? You'd have all your new releases, but they'd still have like classics and sections for bestsellers and stuff. Do they not do that with comics? Would they not be like, oh, of course we have we have in stock all of the famous Iron Man comics that everyone really likes? Or do they just they do it with well, it? they did it with trades, but uh, it, it was see DC was more set up for the specific story, so DC trades sold better. Than Marvel trades in my story, at least anyway, because there's specific stories, there's storylines. Uh, because of mm -hmm. Marvel's continuing continuity, it, it would like, well, you got to jump in, you know, in the middle of Iron Man or something like that, or you got to find an essential. And they didn't reprint everything in an affordable right, way, except with right. those. Like, I loved essentials, they were little black and white things, I called them coloring books, but they were great. Right. Oh, They're yeah, great. yeah. big thick book, and you get like 50 issues or 30 issues. Uh, of spider-man and iron man you can catch up but it, it's it's harder to push somebody towards something with a continuous 30-year continuity i just find a good jump what i did is i found a good jumping in part so yes some of us did that some of us still do uh some of the retailers still try that but customer service was never big in comic stores that was always a <clears> big <throat> big problem it, it it really attracted the comic book fan but maybe sometimes the store owners if that's if they were lifers uh, they they really didn't know what co customer service was, and then there were some of us who did other things and learned what customer service was, and learned how to talk, you know, to talk to people, and uh, they did better. But overall, it was such a mess because there was no, <clears throat> there's no data on comic stores, like none. Even when Diamond was the sole distributor, it was each comic store was his own little kingdom, and it, right. we didn't we didn't share information, so nobody knows what actually sold. And since since the days things were going to newsstands, when you did know that things sold in the millions, you got the strip covers back. They had a way to, to at least keep somewhat track of it. So it's really tough. It's 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 tough, but uh, it, it's it's on the entire industry, Mahler, because because uh, there are some people who are still working today who love this stuff and will talk to you for hours and direct you towards the right story. But that shop now is like one in twenty. And there's not many shops left. There's like I mean, two thousand. There's under two thousand left. So what I'm gathering just sounds really hard to because comics span such a huge amount of time and characters that you to get every because I'm trying to picture how like a shop should. I mean, you you ran one, Gary. So <laughs> I imagine that you did your best to try to optimize it for not only customers coming for what you assume they want, but new people, people you have to direct into uh, more specific interests and stuff. I'm just, uh, you know, comparing it to other industries, it seems like it would be possibly the hardest. I'm not sure. It's it's well, like, I, it's not, I mean, if you have the gift to gab and you talk to people, like every every week I sold somebody their first comic and you just, you know, you ask them what their taste is. You have strike up a little conversation. Hmm. Like, what do you like? You like superheroes? Or I have books that aren't superheroes. Uh, and I, I usually, they walked out with a smile on their face in a comic. That's the whole point. So, uh, but it takes, it takes work. You know? And we used to consider that, you know, the first time reader. I mean, when I got to DC, the rule was write every comic as if it's some reader's very first comic book. Mm. And by mm. that, I don't mean you review the origin or everything else. You just make sure it's engaging from page one. Even if you're in the middle of a five issue arc, make sure it's engaging from page one. And you can, and you get the reader up to speed on how cool this character is, because that's all you need. You don't need to them to know the story or anything else. They just need to know that you know Conan is a badass, Batman is a badass, Spider Man is a badass. Yeah. By page three, and you got them hooked. 
And, yeah. and that's the principle we worked on. Today, I look at comics and it's like the first six pages are two people I've never seen before in my lives talking. Usually also, eating, sitting at a table. I was going to say, I was gonna say yeah. are you sure just talking? Are you sure yeah, yeah. not eating as well? Yeah, because yeah, that's all the writers know, going out to lunch, yes. going out to dinner. That's all. That's their life. So that's all they know about, you know, yeah, well, superheroes would spend a lot of time together eating. Like, yeah, and, and it has like one one page of, uh, oh, bang, bang, uh, that villain's dead, uh, bang, they're done. Right. Now let's go back to the talking and the, and the eating and, and thinking it's some sort of soap opera uh which it's you know that because they're desperate for a job on netflix yeah uh, yeah yeah it's it's a, they're tourists they're like it's, it, they want marvel or dc on their resume because it looks kind of kitschy and cool yeah i mean one of the reasons why i was i was so invested in you as, as a writer is because whenever i was reading anything that you'd written whether it be robin nightwing catwoman azrael or batman you know the big boy uh i could just see how much you love these characters you know i could i could just you were writing this from the from the perspective that you were you were respectful of these characters you wanted these characters to, to really kind of jump out uh at, at the audience you, you, you could tell that you can tell quality writing from from bullshit um well, also and, my, my mortal fear of boring the reader <laughs> well yeah hey if that works it works fear to have, you know that's, yeah, that's yeah, a great say, fear to have yeah. Um, but now they've got no fear of boring the audience. You well, know? They love the bore of the audience. Yeah. They think they're so fascinating. You couldn't possibly be bored with hearing about, you know, their bedwetting problem or, or whatever it is. That's right. Well, wow. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever aspect of their kind personality of they're putting into the character, you, you have to be fascinated because they're, they're such fascinating people. But at the same time, Tim Drake had his own voice. Dick Grayson had his own voice. Selena Cal had her own voice. Uh, Jean Paul Valley had her own voice. You know, but it, but you know, you you weren't just reading some generic that you couldn't tell no. the difference between the characters. You know, they were they were very distinct, had very distinct personalities. But now it's just like you just you're just watching some fucking twat waffle. Just with the, every female's got the same voice, and it's them because they're the ones who writing writing the bloody comic, or they're okay. putting their fetish in there. Or, or it's just like the males got no personality, nothing about them. And right. it's just like, do you know how to person? Do you know people? No, the only people you know are the people that you go out for a latte, macchiato, cheeky, wacky, without froth, you know, bullshit in a coffee shop. That's all you know. No, no. I, I mean, I see so many comics that are, it's like placeholder dialogue. It's like, yeah. you know, it, it's like they took all the dialogue from an episode of Friends and they put it in a blender and then just put it in the word balloons or whatever order it came out. And it's like, it has nothing to do with what's going on in the picture. It, there's no actual conversation. There's no interesting information being imparted and it's all one cliche and you know, one aphorism after another. And it's tiresome. I mean, it's just, you know, blindingly tiresome to read. As a, as a point of comparison, I don't know if uh, if you're interested, but I'd love to pick your brain about writing characters. Because, like, uh, first of all, like, what do you find more enticing from a phone call? Uh, writing for a character that's established, or coming up with a brand new one? Yeah, it's, it's either or. I mean, you know, if it's an established character, particularly particularly one I like or one I have to learn to like, which sometimes happens, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, 
um, that's the challenge for me. And it is, uh, I have to figure out what, what do the readers like about this character? I'm not going to change this character to a character I like. I want to figure out what they like about it. You have no and idea. Bring how... that forward. Bring <laughs> the coolness factor forward. Music. And then you music. Know, you know, so <laughs> it's not. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and then figuring out their voice and, and things like that, and, and keeping I mean, it consistent. One of my um, all-time favorite, which might be weird to you, I don't know. But one of my all-time favorite books that you wrote was actually uh, Robin 13, which was the conclusion to the Prodigal storyline. Because you had this separate bit with Tim Drake doing the fighting while, while uh, Dick Grayson and Bruce were having a heart-to-heart -heart in the cave. So you right. were balancing this, this heart-to-heart where, 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 you know, Dick Grayson's very emotional and he's, he's venting on on Bruce about, you know, how he's not there and, 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 and how he's always been distant and da 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 and you trek me like this and you trek me like that. Well, you got the action bit going on with, with Tim Drake. And then it all culminates with Bruce just going, well, this is how things are between father and son, which was like an incredible omission for, for really for Bruce to say directly to, to, uh, to Dick. But uh, he just like really kind of hit home that issue, and it's always like stayed with me as such a such an incredibly written piece of the balance between the relationship building of those two characters, who normally you know one of them ain't into the relationship talky talky stuff, and then of course the, you got the action to keep people involved, you got the action to 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 make sure that it's got some flow, it's got some still some potential. I just thought that Robin 13 was like one, one of the best things I've ever read from you. Well, I was like an editorially dictated uh, comic. They said, we need this story. We need Dick and Bruce to talk. Yeah. And so, you know, you're going to have to write a talky issue. And I'm like, I, I can't write an all talky <laughs> issue. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I mean, they did that a few times. Um, Nightwing 25, Birds of Prey 8. It's like, just write a story where they talk. And I'm like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. And so, you know, that, that was the end product. It was great. That was a great problem to solve. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was it's just great balance and a great way to have them because you 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 appreciated the sort of breaks, but at the same time you wanted to get you wanted to get to the talker yet. Well, I did. I wanted to get to the the relationship bit with 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 Dick Grayson and 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 Bruce, but I'm but I'm loved Tim. So you know he's still he's still invested in what's going on with with Tim. Well, their reason always was, well, the fans love these kind of stories. I was, yeah, fans do, but casual readers don't. <laughs> oh, and I always yeah. write for the casual reader, and I'm pleasing the fan along the way, but I'm thinking of the guy, you know, who just picked it up at the drugstore, you know. This the, that precocious 10-year-old that, mm -hmm. that I imagine is reading them. <laughs> but that's that's balance. Yeah. You know, that's balance, and, and you yeah. balanced it perfectly because I, I was that casual reader that turned into a fan uh but i was a casual reader that fell in love with the material so, so the, the casual the casual reading turned me into the fan it wasn't like i'm a you know i love batman i'm just going to do everything batman right it was the it was the quality of the actual comic and the medium of the comic and this you know there was just something so special about being able to hold just all these wonderful little things in your hand 20 minute, 15 minute, 20 minute of reading, boom, bag them, board them, keep them special, keep them like, 
And that's the beauty, because then they come out, oh, I'm going to read that. I'm going to, oh, I'm just going to get all the nightfall out. And they just get all the nightfall out. And then you just start reading them up. That, that was my job. You know, I mean, I love my job, but I always took my job very seriously. I don't take myself seriously, but I always took the work seriously. Sure. Because I remember reading this stuff as a kid. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I felt that the guys creating the comics that I loved, loved them as much as I did. You know, and we're working hard to, you know, make them the best they could make. Them. And that's really where comics went off the rails. Yeah. Where, where you've got these sort of, you know, strangers passing through the business, running things who really don't give a shit about the quality no. of their work in the end. So, no, they, I mean, uh, oh God, don't want to piss you off. Have you seen, I mean, I, we, Gary and I stopped collecting current mainstream comics about two years ago now. Yeah. We, were, we both had enough of, 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 of this shite. Uh, but obviously, you know, I keep my ear to the ground. I see what's going on still without making those purchases. I'm making plenty of back issue purchases. Oh, yeah. And I just spent couple of hundred quid yesterday buying a bunch of buying a bunch of back issues and uh, have you seen the current state of tim drake yeah it's 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 i don't know it's beyond sad because not only is it you know agenda driven um it's so poorly crafted yeah it's it's not made to be engaging in any way whatsoever uh it's done by people you know, and there are talented people. There's a lot of basically, you know, as they used to say in the British Navy, uh, on the shore. There's all these comic book pros on the beach. Yes. Who yeah. who who aren't working or are underemployed, or who have had to turn to crowdfunding and things like that. And and they've they've handed everything over to these no talents. Yeah. Who have no interest in the characters. No interest in the medium. They're only interested in their own personal message and 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 staring in the mirror all day. And that is indicative of society, Chuck. Uh, I was mm. just talking to somebody in L.A. about, you know, forget, like, we're, we're about to see this permeate. It's permeating Hollywood right now, too. Like, there's people out there who just don't like movies or television. They just like the idea of working in it. Uh, right. I want to invoke Russell T. Davies, who's as progressive as they get. But recently he came out when he took over Doctor Who again. And he's all, yeah, I see all these writers and they have an agenda but they're terrible they're terrible because they don't love television yeah right. and we have the same comics was way ahead on this we have a bunch of writers who don't love comic books right like chuck dixon or john byrne you know and it's it's now we're gonna have a whole society of people who don't want to work you know and like as as we age out you know these people are going to be working on our sanitation and taking our trash out and we're <laughs> we're kind of screwed so uh <laughs> when they show up yeah trade school people <laughs> well i don't think they're qualified for that gary to be perfectly honest with you. seriously yeah yeah I, i'm i'm just glad i got two hard working sons you know mm, yeah they both have like three jobs and they love it you know uh i, I guess good i instilled dad. that in them yeah but, you know good dad uh, oh well i've been talking about uh oh, here we go i mostly I, instilled I, that in them by you know just i don't know how because i'm sitting looking at a, computer monitor all day but somehow they got the idea from my output let's, let's, have a, let's actually have a look at something that's decent um <laughs> because because i'll, I'll piss you, I'll piss like you off more with the current industry yeah uh, we, we got a we got a, per, a wonderful man in our circle called the critical drinker awesome mm -hmm. dude who's uh who's doing one of these but you too are doing uh one of these rambo books 
Yep. Um, which is the first kill graphic novel. And if we go down, there are all the different ones here. There's the Critical Drinkers one. So tell me, tell us a little bit about this. How did you, because I know you've worked with Sly before. How did, how did your relationship with, with Sly happen? Well, I did a, <clears throat> a prequel comic to The Expendables, the first Expendables movie. And, um, you know, it came out and I was working off the screenplay. The movie wasn't out yet. And um, a few months after the movie came out, uh, I get this phone call and this woman says, will you hold for a call from Sylvester Stallone? I'm like, <laughs> okay. okay. And, and he gets on the phone and I realize immediately it's not one of my friends having fun. Uh, it's actually him. And he tells me how much hey, he likes Chuck. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Hey, yep, exactly. going and, 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 and within five minutes my philadelphia accent comes back and, <laughs> oh nice and, uh you know it, it's all you know younger and mongrel sweet uh so uh, you know we hit it off immediately he just wanted to tell me how much he liked the dialogue and how much um how I understood, the, I understood the characters and things like that so uh he said i need help on rewrites on Expendables 2, would you come out and take a meeting with the producers? Uh, so I did, and I'm in a room with the producers and Sly, and it, it went the way production meetings go, and uh, we couldn't come to an agreement on money because uh, they thought, hey, he's a comic book guy. We can pay him peanuts. Sure. Yeah. And I said, no, nah, I'm not I'm not doing that. A well-marketed industry. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so... Um, and, and, and usually in Hollywood, that would be the end of the story. And I would never hear from Sylvester Stallone ever again. But he kept calling me and he got me other writing gigs with like web content for Lionsgate and dialogue for a video game. And, and every once in a while, he would just call and sometimes just call just to shoot the shit. Nice. And, um, That's awesome, dude. That so brilliant. <clears throat> one day he told me about the, this movie one dude called The Expendables Go to Hell. And I said, well, what's that about? And he goes, well, they literally die and go to hell. <laughs> and I said, they're never going to let you make that movie. He goes, yeah, I know. And I said, but make a hell of a comic book. Yeah. And so yeah. I said, let me let me ask around. And so I called um, Richard Meyer, your yeah. boy Zach. Your boy, boy Zach. Zach yeah. Who I knew he was a huge Expendables fan. And I said, okay, I'm going to tell you something. But you have to be sitting down. Promise me you're going to sit down before I tell you this. And he goes, oh, okay. And so I said, how about we do an Expendables comic book? And he thought I meant a comic book like the Expendables. And right, it didn't right. bother on him for a while. It was actually because I kept mentioning Sly's name. <laughs> and I said, we have the green light to do a comic book of the actual Expendables. And then he freaked. He completely freaked out. And within, I guess, by the end of that day, I had the first five pages written. By the end of the week, we had artwork for a T-shirt. And then nice. we were off to the races. And then basically when we were done with it and everybody was happy and it made money and we made Sly money, which he was happy about, um, I said, hey, could we do more with your stuff? And I said, what about a Rambo's first tour in Vietnam graphic novel? And he goes, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So that's first kill. Brilliant. Rambo's year one, his origin. Nice. The link for this, folks, is I just dropped it in the chat, but it's also in the description box down below. Uh, it'd be awesome if you give uh, Chuck some love, uh, particularly if you're aware of Chuck's work. You know that you're in for some absolute quality. Here. And yeah, I, I bought the uh, Expendables Go to Hell. I think we all picked up the Expendables Go to Hell. Yep. <laughs> uh, I had to do that. But yeah, because that, that had uh, Richard uh, 
Uh, your boy Zach, I'm just going to call you. We we know as your boy Zach. Uh, and then, of course, Graham Nolan involved as well, and and yeah. uh, all of that, all of that good stuff. So it was absolute no brainer from from our perspective. But now, of course, Sly's kind of got all these little Rambo stories going on. Um, so this is this is just absolutely fantastic. So uh, chat, check it out. The link is in the description. We'll give it at, uh, we'll give it a shout later on. But it's just great to see, you know, different. Like different facets and and putting these characters in different you know scenarios and situations that, like I said, we just would not see uh, on the screen anymore. Uh, and obviously, you know, Sly's what seventy five now anyway, so I don't think uh, Sly could pull off uh, his first kill nowadays. But uh, his days of going to the gym are over. He's told me that. So oh, at least at least for the you know taking off your shirt workouts kind of thing. That's yeah. just you know, he, he's done. <laughs> he's done at 75 years old he's decided nah okay that's enough he's still going man though you know, i gave that going. up at 21 and he's a total workaholic <laughs> man he's got just ideas constantly constantly he's a great story guy to work with too i learned so much about movies working with him mm. i mean when you watch a sly movie now or at least when i do I'm like, okay, he rewrote this scene. He rewrote this scene. He rewrote, even when he wasn't the writer. And and I've had that confirmed by people that I've met, uh, producers and visual effects people and stuff. Said, so, yeah, when he comes on board, the rewrites start happening. And he comes up with, you know, what if we did this? What if we did this? What if we did this? So he's that kind of guy. He's got a pretty good show out. Jack Posobiec doesn't like it, but I do. Called Tulsa it's King. Woke, Gary. It's not woke. He saw yeah, one scene. I'm not, yeah, I'm not buying that. <laughs> It's woke. Yeah, no. Tulsa I know. Woke Sly. No, no. No, he saw, he saw woke, one yeah. scene. He was given, <laughs> he was emailed one scene, and that's, that's, uh, that's the, and then ironically, when, when Jeremy replied with a, another scene where he's completely like, what the fuck are these pronoun shit? Yeah, the pronouns. And scene. then Jack Pizzer was just like, oh, you found one scene. <laughs> Hot then, kettle black, sir. And then Jeremy oh. found one picture of Jack with, uh, <laughs> with uh somebody yeah. another jack jack Murphy. jack and jack <laughs> but speaking about movies <laughs> let's watch a trailer let's watch oh. a trailer by, by the way uh i i, I uh I, I just looking at um the expendables go to hell on mm. ebay uh, $206, $114, $149. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sold well, did well. Wow. People, people really liked it. And well done, Richard Meyer, by the way. Your boy, ah. Zach. That's a good guy. Awesome dude. Yeah. Good dude. Real dude. Uh, uh, I like him. Keeps his promises. That's a rarity in comics. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he inspired my channel. He's one of the inspirations for my channel. So cool. Boom. Uh, and so what's this by, abomination we're about to watch? The, <laughs> well, he's That's a good question. Comic book industry, isn't it? It's another abomination. For I see Disney, so yeah, fuck off. Well, D plus. This is a special <laughs> line Chuck, of abomination. How, how can you say that? You oh come on. I, mean, I don't know how up to date all of you are with all the horrible remakes of the classic films, but yeah, this is just another one in the pile, I suppose. Well, I, I've watched the first 30 seconds and I, I had to stop. I was like, I'm going to stop because we could just got to watch this together on a real big thing. <laughs> okay, because the, the first like 10 seconds are as if this is some sort of horror film or something. It's just like, it, or, or, you know, some sort of 
It's just a typical. I know what we'll get to it. Okay, can I address something in the chat? Just sure. somebody like goes, "You boomer, Gary." Are you just like generally saying that? I mean, it's true, <laughs> but I didn't do anything. That's why you're a boomer. You didn't do. Oh, anything, okay. Gary. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. All right. I, I, I'm not saying uh, I don't deserve it because I do. But <laughs> well, you. This is your punishment. I've earned it. I've I've earned it. It's it's okay. Okay. You're a boomer, Gary. So what? Okay, let's let's go. Let's do this it. This is uh, this is the wonderful. Kids' table ta uh, tale of uh, Peter Pan. Hmm. What what could possibly go wrong? Is Sandy Duncan playing Peter Pan? Oh, she's not. Tell me. Well, I'm dubbed this Patel Pan, but is Sandy we'll to that. Is Sandy Duncan dead? I think she is. is she I alive? don't think so. No, well, I just Maybe. made Sandy Duncan dead. I'm terrible. Let's oh, go. Wow. Duncan Donuts. Everybody's googling now. <laughs> yeah, is she dead? Chat. <laughs> I don't want her to be dead. How did you come to Neverland? Michael! Now then, <clears throat> before we go any further, just welcome to you, Groomer Island. Just, <laughs> just as you as you said to to, to Richard. Just make sure you sat down for this next bit, because I nearly fell off my chair with cringe. Are you lost boys? Every last one of us. That's some very diverse loss. <laughs> it looks like. Well, that's um. Is that is her name Maya Hawk? No, Maya Hawk's the other one. Is she Mila Jovovich's daughter, youngest daughter? Then she looks just like her. I can't remember though. I don't know. Wow, diverse cast. Welcome to Neverland, I say. Yeah, yeah, orale. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We got MS-13. We got... What is going on? Oh, do you think, they, do you think they had like a diverse hat with little diverse numbers that they just pulled? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We got, we okay. got Comanche. One Native okay. American. Yeah. <laughs> One Asian. Okay. <laughs> We got Armenian. We got Armenian yeah, in the house. Yeah, we, yeah. we have lesbian. Get me two of them. Well, everybody's. <laughs> I think everybody's baseline bisexual in Hollywood. So. Oh wait, 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 wait. What about every last one of us? Is you not all boys? So. Oh! <laughs> You're not all boys. The lost them. The lost. The lost they them. <laughs> We'll say she was rather them. defensive when that was brought up there. So, so, <laughs> why'd you call yourself the Lost Boys then, you dopey cow? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, because that's what the that's what the books. Oh well. Oh never mind. What? Think well, about. Go, go back. Go back. Go back. Go back. Go back. What? Patel Pan. Who's Patel Pan? <laughs> oh, it's Patel. I got. <laughs> got it. It took me a little slow in the uptake. <laughs> well they're opening up disney plus uh in in india now uh so they they got yeah. and they lost a bunch of subscribers to to cricket so they gotta do something oh this will fix it this will fix it this will fix everything good <sighs> never mind i someone else well actually peter yes he does yes we were <laughs> Yes, we were expecting somebody else. Got all, <laughs> thank God all the pirates are white. Whew. Oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah. Are they Russians? <laughs> the, the, yeah. 
<laughs> yes, they're all Russians, <laughs> and they're white because all pirates were white. All the bad guys. I'm are white. shocked. Wow. <laughs> Can you tell who the good guys and the bad guys? Wait, 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 wait. Ask white people. White people. Yeah. Oh, well done, Disney. Never change. Never change. What the fuck is with this music? <laughs> It's insane. It's just off the charts. It's generic AI trailer. Super generic, music. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is this the last before Peter Pan stole her? <laughs> it's Poca Pan. <laughs> They'll be doing Pocahontas too eventually. Pokemontas. How are they going to do? Oh, never mind. I don't well, know. I guess she's Tiger Lily, so at least that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm just saying that they haven't gotten to Pocahontas yet, right? So as a remake, they'll probably do that as well. Because Little Mermaid is on on the way, everybody. That's on the way. Cannot yeah. wait. Oh. Let's move off from Pokemontis. The past in your heart, but where you go from here, it's up to you. Oh, wait, wait. Was that Tinkerbell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tinkerbell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We saw we saw a little bit of uh, Tinkerbell. It's prey too. <laughs> it's prey too. <laughs> well, yeah, for, wait a minute. When, how's how's the Comanche Scottish? <laughs> I, I don't know. How was a Romulan Irish? I... <laughs> 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 These cheeky bastards! <laughs> oh, see, I see Picard. Oh, I see. oh Picard! <laughs> oh, top of the monitor, Captain Picard. There, you know, like. <laughs> Moira, Angela, darling, where is Peter Pan? He's uh, taking a. Who was that? Act as Jude Law. And to be honest with you, that's maybe the only thing that I think looks okay. That's Captain Hook. He looks like he's going to be giving it effort. Mm. Yeah. Looks all right. Not really see. Too dark, and the music's blowing out all my eardrums. Mm -hmm. Is Peter Pan? He's taking a, a technical sport call. Peter Pan and Wendy now. And Wendy. <laughs> why? why oh, wait a minute. Why isn't it Wendy and Peter Pan? Okay, because we know that's what it's going to be. <laughs> Peter Pan and Wendy, Quantum Media. Go on, do it. Peter <laughs> Pan and Wendy. Wow. In the Netherlands. Wow, play, when's, right? when's this due? When's this coming out? When? when? On Disney Plus. Someday. So you say maybe, I have no faith in it. Some oh. have been highlighting. This is written and directed by David Lowry. Lowry, I'm not sure how to pronounce it exactly, but he's the guy uh, behind yeah. uh, The Green Knight. I don't know if uh, any of you have seen it, but it was, it, yeah. you know, a lot of people you call that critically it. acclaimed. Yeah. And and he's not, I mean, like, he's, he's done a couple of good things, but I, I want people to keep in mind. Um, I think it was uh, Guy Ritchie did Aladdin, and it was like, "What? That was a that was a Guy Ritchie film?" And he was like, "Yes, that was a guy." Somehow, uh, and if you remember, Tim Burton took uh, Dumbo, and he has since said it was like a nightmare, and he'll never work for them again. Like Sam Raimi did Doctor Strange, Mom. Yeah, it's to to even detect these directors' voices in Disney products is almost impossible these days. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't see that as a big reassuring element. Instead, I would see it as a depressing element that they're about to crush the soul of this person, maybe. We'll Whoa. see. I thought Green Knight was pretty average. It's it's 
really cool looking movie. Visually it's, very yeah, nice. It's not but... something you're going to like fire up and watch every day. Let's, <laughs> let's, hey, let's get the family around and watch the Green Knight and no, see some no, pretty no. things for two hours. That don't, you know, that moves very it's, slowly. It is an acquired taste. Well, like if you if you do the shrooms or something like that, you'll probably <laughs> yeah. like it. I, I I don't, but I, I I thought it was cool looking for one view. It's not, yeah. That, well, what just, we see with that trailer music, though, man. No, I don't know. Man. Simmer down, simmer your jets. Like the end of cinema. It's it really it, it is, and they uh they are truly worried about it. I was just in the belly of the beast, Chuck, uh, yesterday, and it's something they're they're genuinely worried, which they should be, because they did it to themselves, you know, self-inflicted and, gunshot wound. Yeah, and, and I always, you know, the comic book in the comic book industry, whether it liked it or not, was a precursor to what what's happening to the rest of the stuff. Uh, they no, they didn't market themselves, so that's why they they died faster. Right. Uh, but you're you're bringing in all this. I mean, you have. Uh, we have legit people working in the industry telling me, yeah, there's just, they're just hiring people on skin color. They, they have no talent. They don't know what they're doing and they're just giving them jobs now. And they're still Disney's still doing it. Which and, is and so it, demeaning. It is. It is to the point. I mean, that's where, racist. It is. It is. It is very racist. <laughs> when, you know, when uh, a director of one of the Disney Plus sh- series emails me and goes, you know, when you said they cast directors, you're right. I felt cast. They they didn't do anything I said. Right. They didn't take any of my notes. They gave me all the notes. They told me to move along my way, and I did do very much in the show. But they put right. my name on it, you know, and like that. It's totally demeaning. It's the very definition of, of racist. It's that low big it's you know it's the uh the soft bigotry of uh low expectations yeah yeah this and, has been going on for a while now too because yep. i remember we, we first got like a really official slap in the face with black widow i think right with the female director left the project because they wouldn't let her direct the action scenes yeah it's like i'm sorry what the director's not allowed to touch the action scenes in yeah. the action movie and it's like they're all done already it's like what do you mean they're all done already that doesn't even make sense they're done they, before the script. they are done before the script now which yeah, and they're supervised by a visual effects supervisor who generally is not a storyteller mm-hmm. or even an artist himself. And so they're done by somebody whose job is to conserve risk. You know, I'm going to pull this idea from this movie and this idea from that movie. And this is why we see nothing new in these movies. You just see the same shit over and over and over again. You hit it on. You hit it on it earlier. You know, we, writers with no life experience. Their only experience no. is watching television and movies. So right. now everything's meta, ironic, pop culture references. Oh, Gary, sometimes just... I wonder if they've even done that. Uh, if they even. <laughs> okay, good point. They watched YouTube, uh, like yeah. uh, just clips of the movie that they didn't watch, and they they think they know it. So they yeah. read the Wikipedia the summaries. Yeah, and they're like, ah. Oh. I'm something of an expert on this now. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, you know, on this topic, it's worth mentioning that the new Ant-Man may very well not make as much in the box office as the first Ant-Man, which is oh. going to be <laughs> absolutely... Uh, yeah, I feel the same, Gary. And oh, Could we be at the laughing. point where we're finally heading down the hill? Like, uh... oh, Well, they, they know that. Ha- the cycle is ending. Yep. And when it comes to its conclusion, it'll happen overnight. And that's why you're seeing all these productions delayed or canceled or their budgets cut because they don't want to be caught with their ass in the crack of the door when the door shuts. And it's going to shut. And they all know it. 
Oh, it, you, it, you don't want to have 18 woke superhero movies in production when that happens. Um, spoilers, uh, Hollywood's out of money. Like none of the streaming services made any money. They are losing money hand over fist. So all these delayed canceled, I'm sorry, will be a lot of them will be canceled. Now right. there's some that they can't because of the identity politics wolf that they let into the door. So that they, 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 you know what? They need to fear the paying customer, not paying for things anymore. Not the customer themselves, not paying for things, but they, but what they fear is the activist still. They don't give a shit about the customer still. It doesn't they make any sense activists. whatsoever. Yeah, no, Wait, it's stupid. I mean, look, at, look at J.K. Rowling. I mean, you've got <laughs> these activists that spend all day long trying to tear her down, and she just goes from success to success. And then I see headlines like, you know, you know, activists, you know, create controversy. Like, no, it's not a controversy when three people with a website say, I don't like this. That's yeah. not a controversy. <laughs> no, like uh, DeSantis, uh, Ryan, our boy. Ryan Kennel did a video on this yesterday. DeSantis tried to talk to Bob Chapik before he got fired, told him, you know, just ignore this, ignore the whole, you know, uh, the parental rights bill and it'll blow over in 48 hours. And, and he didn't cost him his job, cost him everything, cost Disney special tax status. And, and, and it's, it was just a group of activists. It wasn't the majority of the people. Right. And uh, there's still that mentality. So you're right, Chuck. I mean, it's going to like when it does fail and it's coming, it's coming. It's going to, it's because right now it, they are going on fumes and it's, it's a phantom. This is all fake. Uh, I was just told, you know, like sites like Paramount plus Disney plus uh, none of these streaming services have any money. Amazon prime is not making any money. It's, it's a passion project. It's a vanity project for Jeff Bezos. Mm -hmm. right. Like these things are not pulling a profit. Netflix didn't pull, pull a profit forever. Even like, it finally did a few years ago prior to the, prior to the pandemic and then during the pandemic and it's going to go right back into the red but it was in the red for years oh yeah well i mean i read an article the other day about how paramount is going to capitalize on the success of yellowstone and it was the, the a list of the dumbest ideas you could possibly imagine uh because yellowstone is a cash cow for them yep uh, particularly in merchandising it's their number one merchandising thing and these are the people that are pushing Star Trek Chas cheese and Jeez. Yellowstone outsells all of that stuff. All of it. And a lot of the Yellowstone stuff is high end. It's jewelry, it's clothing, it's hats that cost, you know, hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars. And their idea to capitalize on it is to do a prequel to Dexter, a prequel to Billions, and then give George Clooney a project. <laughs> no. It's like you never learn anything. What you need to do is find another Taylor Sheridan. <laughs> Yeah, or or yeah. you know, like or, or license that show out for reruns in every other country. You're oh, well, make yeah, all that we, money. you know yeah. they've done that, and they're yeah. doing prequels to that and everything else. They're well, doing everything they can to exploit Yellowstone. But but where did Yellowstone come from? It came from one guy. Yep. So find another guy like that. Yeah, George Clooney. What the Whoa. hell? Never mind that. Did you, did you remember how Dexter used to have flashbacks? Yeah, I know. <laughs> we've already seen the prequel. We've, we've already it. seen it. No, we've uh, already uh, seen it. Lord of the Rings is doing that. Warner Brothers, and I think it's hilarious that they're doing it. But my suggestion in my video was don't make anything. People love Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. Make one six scale. I'm pointing to like I have every single one. Uh, uh, one six scale action figures. Make make a whole new action figure line. Make clothing. Make props. 
fucking uh i don't know make a hobbit hotel somewhere people right. will go there like right. like you know in america you can do you can do the airbnb in in new zealand and just merchandise the shit out of it and, and you won't have to do anything you you sell the license to people they make the stuff you just collect the money they used to understand the stuff in comics yep. and in film it was it was redundant production if if wrestling movies make money make more wrestling movies you know if car chase yeah. movies make more money make make more car chase movies and do it till the cycle ends and know know the signs that the cycle is ending and then move on to the next one you yeah. know but they don't they they they've lost their way they have no idea how to do this shit anymore no even star trek after post 2005 was still making money off of merchandise Right. Until they started making crappy Star Trek, you yeah. know, and then it killed it. And uh, same with Star Wars. Star Wars didn't, Disney didn't have to make shit. All they had right. to do was buy the IP, keep making comics, books, and toys, and they'd have been fine. And that's right. where most of the money comes in. Yep. Uh, not so much anymore, though. No. Nope. As were those numbers domestic or worldwide? That was domestic. Somebody's. Sorry, could you put that back up, As? Sorry. Church, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just pulled it down because I wanted to talk to all of Someone in the chat is saying that. Uh, Monday, which isn't listed here at the moment, the Monday was only 1.7 million. No, no. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, get a confirmation what? on I that. I want to check it against Love and Thunder, which is really interesting in terms of the reception both of them got. Because do you guys remember the first day Love and Thunder got 70 million? Dude, the Jesus movie might pass yeah. this up. That that would be hilarious if the oh, Jesus that's revolution. Happen. Yeah, oh, I just love the cocaine well, I, I, bear is mauling it as they've been saying. It's yes, I, yes, I predicted in my um my Ant Man second weekend box office video that it's going to hit one point something million this week. You did, but I thought it was going to be Wednesday, Thursday. I didn't think it was going to be Monday, Tuesday, Monday. or Friday. But if it's if it is one point seven. And we'll get a confirmation of that pretty soon. Should do anyway. Uh, if that is 1.7 on the Monday, this is stalling out immediately. This is no, this stalling is, out. This is the worst they've ever had it. Surely, like uh, this is crashing, and and it makes me wonder. Like, are we are we in for a potential flop with the Marvels now? Uh, yes. Oh yeah. I, I I called that a year ago. So did many others do. I just I never would have thought it's it would going be to this Disney fast, Plus. But I what guess you... you're right. Um it would happen quickly, wouldn't it? It would just be a sort of sudden it's it's always the way, man. I mean, when I was a kid, you know, the TV westerns overnight, boom, no TV westerns. The yep. spy craze overnight, boom, no spy movies. You know, it just when when people get tired of something, it just ends. Yep. And you know, the and you gotta be able to see those signs. And you look at this, I mean, this movie did even poorly worldwide, even though it got released in China, which a lot of American movies yeah. aren't getting anymore. And it's doing very badly in China. Yeah. But there's no... The thing with, with, with the Marvel Universe in the current state that it's in, there's no big heroes anymore. A Captain, Captain Marvel is a fake, manufactured hero that, that, that Marvel have tried to push as their spearhead, but nobody's been interested in it. Oh. It's been cancelled over and over and over and over and over again. It's a manufactured marketing ploy which has failed massively and it's ready to hit the cinemas with another fuck... Excuse my French. Another person, Ms. Marvel, who no one gives a fuck about either. Monica Rambeau, who nobody gives a fuck about. Nobody knows who these people are. As exactly. People don't even know Brie Larson's Captain Marvel. They barely even know oh. who she is. It was one movie, and she's not characterized in that movie. She is, and she only I mean, never yeah, saw Carol it. Danvers has never only will. been Captain Marvel for uh, a short amount of time. Marvel set out to make her 
the the their Superman. That was their whole yes. goal. That was make, the, I, that was I the remember plan. statements yeah. relating to like having a be like the the de facto leader of the Avengers, quote unquote, which I find hilarious. We've gone through this entire phase like double the size of the biggest phase previously and there's no like i, I had a friend ask me like who what is the avengers right now and it's like there isn't an avengers there's nothing right. there's no right. it, it, all of it is completely mixed and messed up nobody knows what anything's going on um there's plenty of theories of course and we can still draw a lot but like it's funny you talk about them they force captain marvel so hard but like what have they done with her over the past what four years now since she launched quote-unquote in her movie post credit scenes she was in a post credit scene, one or two of them, yeah, just going like, hello, I'm Captain Marvel, and it's like, okay. I don't, no. I don't get it, man. Like, oh, it's like they want it to burn. It's not, it's not even just, you know, a genre of fading gradually. It's what? like they're, uh, they're tanking themselves. I just don't get it. Well, she opened a YouTube channel and showed everyone what a twat she was. <laughs> do you think they asked her to do that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so that was PR. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we need you to, to, to make a YouTube channel uh, so people can see that you're actually very likable, but unfortunately, she's a twat waffle. Well, she didn't want to do it. So, you know, I mean, look, in the past four years, she's only been in one other movie. Yeah. So yes. obviously, the stink is on her with the other studios. So is that a personal attack or something? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I well, mean, she in, hey, she was in Unicorn Store. That was great. Oh my god! Oh with un my with god. unicorn jizz on her, yeah, okay. That's like the second EFAP movies we ever did, I think. <laughs> Dude, I can't I believe I, yeah, I reviewed that. Oh, so sad. I was on my <laughs> Italian vacation, and I had this beautiful view of the Mediterranean, and I'm watching this stupid laptop with that stupid movie, which is all about dick. That's all it is. It's it's about the D. The the, the unicorn oh, it's like a is the super D. Self indulgent movie. Yep. It's Brie Larson's version of like Mindy Kaling's Velma. It's like she yes. just made whatever she wanted. Oh, did uh, she make? Did she make it as well as star in it? I'm pretty sure I'll check. She now, directed but... it, right? Pretty sure well, she directed it. So I'm pretty sure she produced and directed and starred. Right? It's like a bit of a a bit of a thing for a, it was like a passion project, I guess. Which is you know, well, see, that's the thing about streaming is streaming is real numbers. I mean, when Netflix started doing, you know, new material, they had the numbers for who was popular and who wasn't. And so agents and producers and studios, they couldn't bullshit anymore. Yeah, America hates Jane Fonda. Netflix proved it. Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> we don't want Jane Fonda in any of the promos for anything Jane Fonda's in, because when we do that, nobody watches it. And Hollywood was like, no, no, everybody loves her. And they're like, no, look at these numbers. They hate her. And they hate this one and that one and the other one and this one and that one. And they hate them. You know, uh, we got to go with people that people actually like, you know, and in the end, then you have tentpole films based on what, uh, maybe five stars that can push the needle on Facebook or on, on, on streaming. And they lost Will Smith with the slap. Yep. So Netflix yep. lost their biggest star. I mean, you look at what's Amazon got Chris Pratt. They don't have anything else. You know, nobody else moves the needle anymore. And and half of Twitter wants to cancel Chris Pratt for oh yeah for nothing. Well, not half of Twitter. Okay, you know, four people ten, on Twitter. Ten people, <laughs> ten people. Yeah, with a hundred bots each. Sorry, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or half of Twitter. <laughs> but Amazon sees the numbers. This guy's, yeah. you know, this guy's. They, they look at him. They see a six foot dollar sign. Oh. 
Well, uh, our good friend, Chris Gore, has uh, sent us a massage. And he said, can you read this? This is from Justine Bateman, uh, wow. sister of uh, Patrick Bateman. Only joking. Uh, you know, sister of, uh, what's he called, Bateman? Jason. Jason. Jason, Jason, Jason Bateman. Bateman. Yeah. And uh, he, he says, uh, this is pretty base shit. Is my theory. Art is all going to AI, all film, all music, all animation, etc. And soon. A friend of mine has been messing around with AI animation on his IG. Another friend who's an actress has been scanned more than once for films where they can just use her image if she can't make it to reshoots or something. The most, inverted commas, successful distributors of TV, film, and music aren't even people who got into the entertainment business. Yep. They are just tech bros with platforms that need content. Any level of it is fine. Okay, we've seen that already. But I think we're going to see the making of content entirely via AI happen at a rapid pace. My God, if Netflix, etc., can save the expense of the four billion they spend on shitty content and just have an algorithm make it instead for free, essentially, 24-7, it's a big win for them. Then you don't even need the development executives. They can go back to just having coders and that's it with code generating content. Then with that being ready to wear, if you will, and any human-made art, music, or film will be horticulture and will chain, uh, charge well, listen, screen their work. But human-made art will no longer be for the masses because greed pushed it out in favor of AI content. Or as a friend of mine puts it, we'll all go back to having our own personal gestures. I've been trying to bang the drum for years about content instead of actual films. But now that people have grown so accustomed to shitty content, they won't notice the shift to AI content. I can mm. see that. Because we, we've, before I carry on, we've actually joked, when I say joked, you know, semi-seriously, that this shit which is being churned out is probably being churned out by AI. You yeah. can believe it's done by an AI. The yeah, especially MOM, Ant Man, and yes. um, Love and Thunder. They they could definitely be AI films, from what I could have gathered from. Yeah, it's just yeah that essay that AI essay thing make me a Thor movie. Bang, yeah. boom. Well, they've been using programs to to help them write screenplays for years. You know, wow. Uh, the 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 program says you need a romance scene here. The program says you need this here. Oh, I hate that, and man. And you, you see the res end result. You know, movies oh. without any surprises in them. Uh, they hinted that at the, the Disney Investor Summit uh, meeting with Bob Chapik back in 2020, the one they just did on online. He mentions that. He mentions, like, we're going to do data-driven, I'm paraphrasing, data-driven analytics with creatives to make content for Disney+. Plus. <laughs> so analytics, it's like, What? Yeah, it's going to be 95% analytics and 5% creative. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that's I mean, what it feels like we got somebody, we got a good friend of ours dabbling in it. We'll, we'll get to that. 
We will see the end of art in our lifetime. If you haven't noticed yet, this 20-year trend of sequels, remakes, reboots, reposting, reblogging, repurposing other people's work and pop culture has resulted in an almost absence of really new art, music, film, etc., with few exceptions. Look, it's hard to dis uh, disrupt something in transition. So we're going to have to see this AI baby birth before anything is going to be able to kill it. It's going to be a comical nine months until that point. BRB going to read about the transition from the Dark Ages to the Renaissance of the 1300s. Dark Age oh. being around 900 years, I, I, if you catch their drift. The point yeah. I'm making. Yeah. Um, yeah. You go, Mallory. Mm, yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I can, by the way, it feels super relevant that I caught this recently on this topic. As, but anyone here familiar with Corridor Digital, the YouTube channel? No. So they're very famous and liked for basically they comment on VFX all the time. That's the whole thing, and they do it really well. They're very talented people, and they take challenges and then they complete them and they try and break things down and tell you how they do stuff. And recently. They came out with a video called Did We Change Animation Forever? And it's like, what? what's this? And you click it, and uh, there's a little clip that's linked in that tweet. Yeah, yeah. I, see, I got it. I got and it. As I got you it. can see, uh, everyone is like starting to panic after what they've just set, let's say. It's part of our humanity to try to visualize things that don't exist. Like, let's talk about traditional 2D animation, cartoons. The most creatively liberated medium is also the least democratized. It takes incredibly skilled people drawing every single frame of your movie to make it happen. But I think we came up with a new way to animate, a way to turn reality into a cartoon. And it's one more step towards true creative freedom where we can easily create anything we want. It's part of our humanity. Oh. Basically, they can simulate animation from recorded shit. Basically, all their fans are like, "What the fuck is that? Is that? What are you doing? That's 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 fake. That's not real." Oh. And it's like, uh oh, wow, oopsie. So, it is well, I, I don't want to make too many claims, right? Because I don't know exactly how it works. But all I'm highlighting is everyone's panicking, looking at this. They're like, "What the fuck." And you guys know as well as I do, you've seen all kinds of different breakthroughs or advancements in all different industries that relate to AI right now. It's just getting a little bit uncomfortable, that's all. I mean, I saw somebody showed me samples of a comic book they're working on. All the art is AI, which means all the art is stolen from other comic artists. And it was frightening because mm -hmm. I looked at it and said, I'd probably read this comic. I mean, yeah. it actually looks pretty good. We've got, um, I mean... Shad, uh, Shadiversary, he's been delving in AI and AI work, and even today on Twitter, uh, put out a lot of images using, I think, his wife. So I did reply with Wood Smash to one of them, of course. Uh, he he used his <laughs> wife as a template, and he and he was putting her in 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 AI like AI wife. So it's like a AI generated version of in different Supergirl costumes because of the Supergirl costume in the upcoming Flash movie, which is Tom Taylor's piece of shit. So uh, he's got her in like tons of AI-created Supergirl costumes, which he could... And he's going to be probably using that AI to make a, a book 
and you know there's going to be a lot of artists there's going to be a lot of pushback to that but you see some of it and you kind of like well that looks great mm. and it's kind of scary that you think that because you you are it is it has been generated from a compilation of all different people's work that the that the ai has generated into what the person has given parameters for Oh, it's yeah. it's it's an incredibly complicated conversation that's happening right now. Because I just wanted to make a correction. Someone said, like, uh, watch the whole video. Wall has misrepresented it. No, I'm not. I'm not representing it. Even I'm talking about people's reaction, which was very negative. Yeah. Go check out that thread. Everybody's like uh, criticizing them, panicking, and this is happening with a lot of the industries all together at the same time. And when I say industries, I almost mean like different forms of media, different forms of art all having these um, interesting and cool pieces of technology, and they create things. As as just highlighted, some things. I saw a, a Cronenberg movie that didn't exist, like through AI art, and I was like, "Man, that looks really cool!" And then loads of people in the comment section were really angry. They were like, "This is, shouldn't exist. You fucking, right. you've made it up. It's all wrong." And so, it, yeah, what I'm trying to highlight is that it seems that we've just started the uh, the whole everybody being very angry and panicking about the state of art. Art's going through a big change right now. Well, okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna show some. I'm going to show something because somebody today uh, did a thing. Uh, there was a oh, video. It's good to hear. Breaking news. I, I know. Breaking did news. Somebody did a thing. But, wow. Uh, I can't, I'm not saying what it is because I'm obviously. I'm so curious. The con I here, so we curious. here we go. That should yeah. be a. That sounds like a Josiah uh, video. Somebody the, context, did a thing. the context. The context will become will become apparent. Mm. Okay. Here we go. Assholes. Uh, Pretty much the biggest stuntman cinema history. Tom Cruise just rode a motorcycle off a cliff six times today. Copyright strike is channel. Don't, don't, that's don't, real. Don't. That is a man, that is a 60 year old man as well, that went over that six times in one day on a bike doing a legitimate stunt. And to me, there is, you see that and you see the authenticity of that. And remember, Gary, what is the currency of the future? Authenticity. Authenticity. Robert Meyer Burnett quote RMB. So we have the auth uh, the authenticity of that, and then we just literally have the the CGI bukake that is Ant Man. There's nothing on that screen which I'm looking at with my eyes that I feel is any way real or grounded or uh, in any shape, way, or form I can connect to. But I can connect to a, a person legitimately riding off a, a, a cliff on a motorcycle, plunging, and then pulling a parachute, just like he does, like he's attached himself to the side of planes, like he attached himself to the building in Dubai. You see that, and it's it's real. And it, to me, that is just so much, so much more. I, I can connect with that. I'm a human. I can, I, I'm human. I can't connect with this CGI garbage. 
all right none of to, it's real to be fair you compare it with one of the like the most like app has been shattered by everybody for being so poor in terms of its uh the the way they've implemented volume but also the time given to animations the graphical quality all that stuff i Doctor i would range i would want to counter partially with Gold. you know cg had its place as well as special effects that are totally made up like I've I've used the Balrog so many times as an example. I think it's phenomenal. I don't I don't see any need to change the way they did the Balrog in the Jackson movies. It's fucking amazing, and it's, it's obviously that's a, CG. a fan, that's a fantasy movie. Yeah, well, even in a movie like uh, Panic Room, the opening to Panic Room is all CGI as they travel through the walls and hmm. floor and vents inside of that brownstone. I mean, Hitchcock would have done that, you know. Uh, and and the audience doesn't know it's CGI. Yeah, it's but that. That's the point. Exactly. That is exactly the point. The CGI should be there to to enhance what's going on, not become what's going on. And right. that's and that is exactly where we are now. Any Marvel movie now, it's just gobbledygook, just CGI gobbledygook. But for instance, I and I'm gonna quote use a CGI uh, a superhero movie for this, but it's for a different thing. Even in Batman v Superman or Justice League, whichever it is. The cityscapes are CGI, but you're not you're not focusing on that, right? Because this, they they're just trying to make the cityscapes as Metropolis, as Gotham, whatever it would be. But your brain's not going, well, that's just CGI because it's it's just cityscapes and it's well done. So you your brain is just like, oh, that's just buildings. But when your whole realm, when your whole universe is the just costumes, in front of yeah the masks. <sighs> I love it when they take their mask off between every punch, breath. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, as you just said, it's getting ridiculous. It's like flip, flip on, flip off to like change sizes, and then it, it's quick off, move. Okay, I know. Run, and I was like, <laughs> why is paid it, by the second for their faces? Why is it Kang? The source of their power is their suit. Get them out of their suit if you're taking them prisoner. I could go off on this all day. I was gonna say we can't we can't okay. do this. Do you really okay. want to open up that book? Because I'm I'm ready to go. I, I know you are. I wish I had more time because I would have counted how many times my suit's it. my power, so I shall consistently take it off. Yep. We, and, we, we but I will I will imprison you with you and your super suits and let you wear them while you're in prison so you yes. can escape. So you can escape later. We got uh, <laughs> eight hours out of talking about Ant Man on EFAB. Ten went to MOM, so MOM still has the record. But uh, yeah, wow. Still. Uh, Mahler, thank you for your help. By the way, on my next video, I just want no to say that probably. probably. And one of the first things that if Batman is captured, people do take his utility belt off him, or at least try <laughs> to take his utility belt off. <laughs> at him. At least try. I Which know, is, right? Because well, it's often booby trapped and it screws them up. But at least they try and take the damn thing yeah, away from him. With a guy in Dark Knight, when he grow, goes to grab the mask and he gets electrocuted, and Joker's like excited watching that happen. He thinks it's great. <laughs> Stuff like that's always you can make it fun. You don't yes. have to, you know. Yeah, you, I mean, when you're writing, you're asking your question. You should be asking your question yourself a question the entire time you're writing. Is there a better way to say this? Is there a better way to do this? Is there a better way to prevent that? And apparently, across the board, nobody's asking themselves that question anymore. No, is there a better way to do it? No, just do it the same shitty way we did it before. No, and yeah. it's lazy writing. It's like, yep. you know, yeah, uh, you know, no Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Well, Goldfinger, you shouldn't leave the room, you know, yes, I mean, not a good idea. No, 
But then you so, get then you get Austin Powers just doing beautiful oh things God. because of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, so at least there was a. a but even even with Goldfinger, even with that nonsense, you still love the film. Oh You're yeah, still yeah. invested in the film and the characters right. and everything. Right. But uh, but you know nowadays it's like why why do I give a shit about Ant Man's daughter? Why? What have you done to make me give a shit about? Right. I wish she's amazing. She says so the, the fuck what? That's, well, that's, a, that's like that's like the romantic storyline. A lot of these movies, right? They meet, they fall in love, and it's like I don't, I don't even like these two people. Yes. Why do I care if they fall in love? <laughs> I mean, it's like in a romantic story, you have to make the audience fall in love with both people first. Yeah, we have to love yeah. Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan before they fall in love, and then we want them to fall in love. Yes, and then they have to fall them. Yeah, they have to earn that love. They can't just. You know, have dinner one night and they're rolling around the hay the next. And then, you know, be, then and it's like, be, this takes the, the split, heavy lifting from a writer. This takes work. You have to put the work in. You have to put the setup in to make any of this shit work. I mean, now it's all just forgettable crap. It just happens because it has to happen to move the story along. And audiences know this. It's like audiences know when they're watching bad CGI. They know yes. even when they're watching good CGI, it's inappropriate. When the Fast and Furious movies, okay, they're racing cars. It's cars racing. Why do we have to have the computer fly in and out of the car? And then the audience knows this is impossible. Mm -hmm. They couldn't do this with a real camera. I'm no longer watching, you know, practical yeah. effects. I'm watching bullshit. Dude, the clips I've seen from Fast and Furious. Is, oh, God, Gary, we haven't talked about the quote from Vin Diesel, where he said he finally understands Tolkien now and how, how <laughs> difficult it is to end a saga. Did you see the quote? It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he's having to end the Fast and the Furious franchise, and he's like, "Oh, I feel you, Tolkien. I know, <laughs> I know." Sorry, I was just looking around to see if I was in a CGI room. <laughs> it might be one of my favorite quotes of all time. Yeah, we're all AI now with that quote. Yeah. <laughs> oh my the... God, I didn't. I know. I, you know, I get off the the internet for two days, and uh, I feel so lost. I, I have, do. I have... Three words to say to Vin Diesel. I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just saw that they're going to be doing a Tom Bombadil musical with freaking oh, James Corden. James Corden. Yeah. I don't know please, if that was a meme or not. It's got to be a meme. I don't please know. Please don't I'm, tell me that's real. It's that's Twitter, like a, so it's real. God, please Molly. leave him alone. The poor man <laughs> suffered enough. <laughs> Him and Walt Disney. I mean, you could power the world by them spinning in their grave. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He's, he's spinning around like a rotisserie chicken right now. The poor oh, guy. God, he could power Holy. Europe. Holy! I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean you, we're all the same way. You hear, oh, they're going to reboot, you know, this franchise. And you're like, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it, but I never want to see it again. <laughs> well, I mean, these these. These these streams we have, we've joked about it before, but they're forms of therapy. <laughs> like when we come together <laughs> to talk about the passing of the next franchise, be it Ugh. any of them uh, at this point. Have you found the quote? <laughs> Is that why you're laughing? No, I actually found a picture no. of all the Batmans without ears. <laughs> yeah, please, please, please purchase something good, people. Please, 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 please purchase no, something good. I haven't found the this quote is, yet. I promise you, we're on this. cleansing right now. 
<laughs> we worked hard on this. Yeah, this is this is penicillin right here, okay? It's a straight up Rambo war story. There's no BS. There's nobody, no, you know, there's no lesbians. There's no nothing. It's just Oh, well, I'm out hey, now. Hey, man, I'm lesbian. Yeah, sorry. I probably just hurt sales. I think the numbers going to go down now. Uh, you had me at lesbians, and then he lost me quickly when he had no in front of it. I mean, oh, come on. <laughs> do you want to get, do you want to, uh, uh, can we play this? Hopefully. Yeah. Let's see why not. Play. Hi, everyone. It's your boy, Zach, and the first kill graphic novel Indiegogo campaign is now live. Rambo's first tour of duty, story by Sylvester Stallone and Chuck Dixon. Free set of dog tags with every order. In May of last year, I got an email from Chuck Dixon. It said, sit down before you read this. <laughs> and he's like, Stallone wants to do a book about Rambo in Vietnam. I'm like, let's go. So it's the first kill graphic novel. And then there is a brand new comic book written by Will Jordan, the critical drinker, called A New Kind of War. It's about Troutman, Rambo's mentor, during his days as a young officer in the Korean War. As many people, but not everyone knows, Stallone is a writer in addition to being an actor. He created Rocky. He wrote Rambo movies. He wrote all of the Expendables movies. So I had always gotten into my head that Rambo was this loner, morose character his entire life. And Stallone is like, no, he was the captain of the football team. This is Rambo before he's special forces. So he's a regular Joe, just in the common ranks, before he distinguished himself and caught the attention of Colonel Troutman and got recruited for the special forces. So First Kill has the main cover by Dale Keown, and he's revved up. He's working on it right now. The hardcover is by a living legend, Simon Bisley. We're talking Lobo, Batman versus Judge Dredd. Aaron is doing the bulk of the story mm. at 40 pages. Other 24 pages of First Kill are by Renzo Rodriguez, Butch Geis, Matt Barr, and Kenneth Lowe. So here is the line art by Aaron Alfici. This will be colored before it goes to print. And come on. I mean, That's the phrase beautiful. level up does not do this justice. The featured perk is the Critical Drinker Bundle. That comes with the First Kill graphic novel, a new kind of war comic book, a set of dog tags, and a pinup for each book. All the line art for both books is complete. It's on the initial campaign for three days, and then it will transition to in-demand. So go check it out. First Kill graphic novel, and you can get as part of a bundle or as an add-on, The Critical Drinkers, A New Kind of War comic book. Link is in the description. Thanks for watching. Bye. And the link is in the description of this Thank stream. Thank so you. please, I've dropped it into the chat again, but please go check that out. Absolute legend, Chuck Dixon. Wow. Very Hell cool. yeah. <laughs> Very cool. I can't wait to get them. <laughs> yeah, that line art's amazing. And the color work uh, that Richard had done on it, it, it actually enhances it even more. So it's going to be a gorgeous book. I'm so happy to be a part of it. Yeah. Such a good, and, and working with uh, that woke guy, Stallone. Such a yeah, yeah, yeah. Woke, an SJW. Yeah. yeah. You must have had to bite your lips so much. Uh. Did he ask what your preferred pronouns were? Yeah. No, no, no. Hi, it's hey, Chuck. It's, it's uh, Sly. Uh, they, them. Oh, oh, don't do that. Oh, Stop. please.
The ass. what? What? <laughs> your Sal- your Stallone impression is terrible. What are you doing to say? Hey yo! <laughs> oh God! Stop, please! <laughs> oh man! Tell you what, I I won't try any. British. I won't try any Cockney or London accent. Do. I do. Yeah, it's terrible. It's awful. I don't like go. I know it is. Yeah. No, wait, you told me it was good. <laughs> Liar. You Asian. How's that? No. Everyone's, everyone's a fucking critic nowadays. Yep. Oh, man. Let's read some super duperies. Let's do it. Wait, hold on. Hidden, 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 hidden. Bloody hell. J Mac gifted 50 memberships to the stream. Wow. And J Mac also superchatted $200 on top of that. Whoa. And he said, I played Tim Drake Robin at Six Flags back in 2008. <laughs> now you've got to get on your knees and suck some dick, I'm afraid, Jay. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> the amount of comic lore I had to know was truly astounding, astonishing. Because at any time, a fan could be at the park and just grill you. But it was awesome to see the passion manifest in real time. I couldn't imagine being a comic fan in current year. Oh. Well, there aren't many left. There there aren't. There really aren't. Um, Real quick, there's audio of this mauler, of Vin Diesel saying this. I saw some people in chat saying, please play the clip in relation to the... Oh, no. There is. Here, I got got it. I mean, if you guys want to do it. We'll get right back to those (laughs) two. I got it. We have to. Sorry, <laughs> it's it's GameSpot universe. I well, apologize in advance. Look, in all fairness, whenever I think Vin Diesel, I think Tolkien. I'll be perfectly honest. By the way, I was told about it, and I said it's not real. It's not a real quote. And then I checked, and I was like, "Oh fuck, it's real." Well, I did. I did see on Twitter a few days ago. Vin Diesel compares himself to Tolkien. And I was just like, <laughs> "I'm not even going to click it. I'm not even going to click it." No, I, I, uh, yeah. Oh no. He's got look, he's got he's got some substance problems, people. Leave him it's 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 the brain, it's not working. Oh, oh wait, it's this guy. Oh, it's that part. guy with a stupid voice. You obviously started this you were a little younger. Yeah. It's getting a little harder as you go on. Like, does the back hurt? The knees Oh, my crazy? back! Oh, someone! <laughs> Give me a title. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> does it... You know what gets harder? The work off screen. <laughs> the thinking, the, the expanding... There's a reason why Token stopped writing <laughs> after a while. Token? Did you just say Token? Token. It's so hard to continue mythologies. Nobody thinks about it in that context, <laughs> but it's real. It's, it's, it's the fast and furious mythology. Thing in the world to, um, you drive cars. What the hell? <laughs> well said. From your mouth to God's ears. It's so true. I should have stopped after the Hobbit. You obviously started. Uh, <sighs> I never realized it before, but Vin Diesel sounds exactly like Phil Silvers. He does. Like Sergeant Bilko. <laughs> he yes, does. Sergeant Bilko, yeah. <laughs> Apart from wow. I really loved Phil Silvers um, and Sergeant Bilko. So awesome. Tolkien I need, didn't stop writing, for I one. I need live reaction to that. Yeah, he pretty <laughs> much... Uh, shut up, you idiot. That's that's his quote. Um, yeah, he's spinning right now. He, he wrote almost up until he died. Uh, just never finished his 
his secondary world that he wanted to do. Uh, but uh, maybe maybe he's mixing himself up with George R. R. Martin. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but George R. R. Martin doesn't know what it feels like to finish something. No. Oh. no, he doesn't. When's the that feeling when you're done with something is awesome. But yeah, Ben Diesel's not feeling that same feeling. <laughs> no, no, because he had in his last trailer, he has a car pulling down two CG helicopters with a cable or something. Yeah, but Gary, uh, mythology, okay? Uh, Gary, there's a mythology there that you're not it's, appreciating. It's mythology. It's well, I, no, it's uh, it's not mythology. It's about family. Your family is the mythology. It's about family. The okay. And we know token. this because they tell us that's what it's about. It's that token. Maybe he it. should he should contact George R. R. Martin, and they can both not finish. Maybe Chuck can contact George and uh, tell him not to buy a train and maybe finish his shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, or just not bother because I mean, for me, I mean, I don't know why anybody wrote fantasy after Tolkien was finished. <laughs> Right, like, isn't this the well, last word on this? I mean, do we need more of this? Not really. Well, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Tolkien's racist now. Okay, well, they all are. Well, hey, they that's a really the quick best segue. ones all are. <laughs> yeah. So these were all racist too. I'm sure these I mean, books came I'm out while I was locked up. I know up. I am. I got out and found out that these things existed when I got out, and I was like, "What?" So these are. The only adaptation, comic book adaptations of, of, dude, I must be high right now. I, I was on the road too long. I don't even know what direction I'm going in. But these are The Hobbit. They are, I mean, they are, you know, it's it's shortened up a little bit. It's abridged, but it's pretty word for word. Uh, I remember, again, ta you talking to our good friend European Lore telling how you approach this. I loved the quote from it. I used it in one of my videos, man. So uh, could you tell us like how this came to be? Because it's a pretty interesting story because that they, they uh, like J.K. Rowling, uh, Tolkien Estate doesn't really want comic book adaptations of uh, Tolkien's work, which is too bad. I would like to see like a good one. And The Hobbit's a damn good one. It's a damn good one. So if you can get it, you can get, still get the graphic novel out there. Go buy oh, it. It's never out of print. It is never out of print. Oh, it's probably the most successful thing I ever worked on. Yeah. Uh, so how did they, how were they able to sneak this in? Uh, I remember you telling the story. It's pretty interesting. Well, Dean Mullaney, you know the 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 owner publisher at Eclipse Comics. He wanted to do. He had a guy who would do nothing but go to the Library of Congress and try to find things that were public domain that we could do in comic form. And the guy came across an uncopyrighted first draft manuscript of the Hobbit, which was significantly different than the finished work. But Dean said, Hey, we're going to do a comic book version based on this uncopyrighted material. And so they sent me a Xerox copy of it and said, get to work. And he says, but I'm going to try to get us to do an authorized one. And that's what he did. He contacted the Tolkien estate. So we're doing this comic. There's nothing you can do to stop us. We've got mm -hmm. you over the barrel. You can either author let us do an authorized version or not see any money from this, and it's going to make a fortune. And uh, the Tolkien State relented, and I got a call from Dean, and he said, stop working on that those Xeroxes, throw them away, and get out your old paperback and start working from that. 
And uh, so I threw away like the first 15 pages I'd written and got to work on the authorized version. And uh, it's, it's enormously successful. It's, it's never out of print. And it's been an international bestseller and a, and a royalty payer for years. And thanks to Dean, who gave me a contract that stated that no matter who published it, they owed me royalties yeah, <laughs> in perpetuity. Awesome, yeah. So if it, he says, if Clips Comics, you know, disappeared tomorrow in the contract, no matter who picks it up and does it, it has to pay me. Nice. So it took a lawyer, but the Tolkien State finally had to pony up. So, and it's brilliant. So if you haven't gotten it yet, find it somewhere. I love it. Uh, I have my, I have a couple first prints. I've got some CGC first prints going there, uh, and I couldn't believe it when it came out. I remember when Lord of the Rings came out, they reprinted it back then, oh, yeah. and it was just everywhere. It was in the Borders, Barnes and Noble, every freaking bookstore. So you must have made bank. Good for you. And uh, yeah, and and now that the Rings of Power sucks so much, you can see a proper uh, ad- adaptation, adaption. I always get that wrong because I'm dumb. I got kicked out of three high schools, but uh, you can read that, uh, and and that that will be all you need uh, if you want something other than the actual books, which you should read too. You should read them too. Yeah, because I had to leave Bjorn out. I had no room for him. He's my yeah. favorite Tolkien character. I'd leave him out. But you, 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 your approach was, uh, I remember you saying like your approach was respecting Tolkien, respecting the word, his language, which is the magic of his books, by the way, it's not the, the battles or anything. It's, it's the, the way he writes it's, it's, it is truly artistic, uh, and, and, and beautiful. Yeah. I I mean, there's very rare instances where I had to write new text simply because it's comics. It's a different medium. Yep. But for every, you know, I tried to avoid doing that as much as possible. It's 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 almost all Tolkien's words. Well, if you if you like something that respects the Tolkien law and always goes back to the books, back to the books, back to the books, you should check out Rings of Power. Oh, no, I knew it! I knew what he was saying. <laughs> Somebody stop this man! <laughs> hey, Jennifer Salky, uh, who usurped uh, that intellectual property from Sharon Taliagito at uh, Amazon and Roy Price uh, said that she is not worried that Warner Brothers is directly <laughs> competing with her now. She said it's no problem. There's plenty of passion uh, to go around. As a matter of fact, I got to read one. Of, I, I put up a tweet uh, about this and I just said, translation, those sons of bitches, but somebody had the best response. So it's uh, Amazon Studios boss Jennifer Salky, unfazed by Warner Brothers' new Lord of the Rings movies. We have enough fan love to sustain. And uh, the great U.S. treasure hunt responds, related. She's a treasure hunt, all right. Uh, related, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos announces that beginning immediately, Jennifer Salky and other Rings of Power staff will be paid in fan love instead of U.S. dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> so good uh, Thanks, i mean i mean i i mean rings of power that's like the high tide of woke it's like the gettysburg of woke i mean it's all over after that because the the, re, the global reaction was so visceral to there's that no piece story. of nonsense there's no oh. characters it was such oh. a bland oh. mess it was tough to watch but we had to do it for our job oh it was really <laughs> tough to watch oh god oh, god love me about it i couldn't look at it it's something I end up um, saying about some of these projects where I'm just like, God, it would suck to be like a 
paid fan of this where you have to defend it and you have to use the content. It's like, what can they, they've given you nothing. You well, can't, you, you know, like get any of us to defend our favorite works. We'll be sitting here for hours on end talking about everything it means and stuff. But how do you, what do you draw out of Rings of Power? It's, it's <laughs> difficult. Feel well, bad what you him. do is you take you take that trip out to to the UK. Not everybody did this. Some people, a couple people, came back and said mm, sucked, but most of them said, "Oh, it's great." And then when uh, the time was over, then they uh, revised their reviews and put up. I won't say <laughs> who, but a couple of them revised their reviews and said an honest review <laughs> of the Rings of Power. Later, it's like, oh, so your other one wasn't. We knew that. Uh, yeah. My credibility. Yes, my credibility. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. Gary, did we cover articles that say like, "Oh, this is slaughtering House of the Dragon"? It's like it is. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. The, the let Guardians. Else know. The guy, uh, the Rings of Power makes House of the Dragon look amateurish or something. Yeah, something, something like that. Like that yeah. <laughs> and the very same Guardian came back months later and said, "Can we?" Can we now admit that now that, over, now, that we, yeah, now that it's over now that it's over so they essentially went now that we're not getting paid or under contract or something do you, guys, do you guys remember those two images i can't remember what site it was but it was hilarious the first one was like men stay away from charlie's angels this film is not meant for yes. you and then the next one why aren't men watching charlie's angels <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it was, it was like two weeks apart or something yeah. Well, the Warner's Lord of the Rings production. I mean, who's behind that? Who's working on that? Well, we don't know yet. That's it's it's all speculation right now, and uh, they're talking to Peter. I mean, they made a big point that hey, at least we're talking to Peter Jackson and Fran Walsh and Philippa Boyens, who wrote and won Academy Awards for the the greatest trilogy of all time. Uh, and that was just that's it's a, just a dick measuring contest, and I freaking love it. I think between two giant studios, mass, you know. Amazon's got all the money in the world. They don't need Amazon Prime. They can shut it down tomorrow, and it won't affect Amazon at all. Uh, right. It'll probably help them. Uh, but the yeah. fact that like Warner Brothers just like, you know, Zaslav, at least he's a practical man. He like comes in, he goes, "Man, the previous regime, they were shit. Uh, we need right. to make more Batman. We need to make more Harry Potter, and we got this Lord of the Rings distribution thing. So they just talk to the Embracer Group, who owns all of it now, and they say, let's do some shit." It'll be terrible, especially if they have to keep it in the third age, because I know that Warner Brothers had to sign off that uh, for, for Prime to do what they did. They, they don't have rights to a lot of stuff. They make it sound like it's a lot. It's just the appendices. It's not, it's not uh, The Hobbit and The Lord right. of the Rings. It's just the appendices. And they don't have rights to the Silmarillion, but Embracer does. Uh, yeah, so Embracer, Embracer Group was the people... Behind Laura Saints Croft. Row. Laura Croft. Which, they, gave uh, it to, uh, they gave it to what's her to face? Amazon. Uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Phoebe Waller Bridge. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I wouldn't hold out much hope. I, I just wouldn't. Uh, I, I, just, I, I just wonder with Zaslav in charge because uh, my favorite quote from him, I'm paraphrasing, is Are we making a gangster movie? Why aren't we making more gangster movies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I like this guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, make more gangster movies. They're cheaper, they're fun. Everybody uh, loves it. Never just, lose money. <laughs> I'll never find it not priceless. They're like we're canning bat Batgirl is too yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> him him price. him canning Batgirl is to me just like Uber Chat. <laughs> this Dude, film is so shit. We would rather make it a tax write off and and then yeah. show it. I would have made money movie. off the release of that movie, and I was still glad they canceled it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Ugh. What could and, have and possibly gone wrong with that the film? The sad fact is that movie, because it had Keaton in it, probably would have done better. It would have sucked. It would have completely sucked. Don't get me wrong. But it would have done better than Shazam, Aquaman, and Black Adam. It would have oh, done yeah, better. Yeah, but it was only going movies. on HBO Max. It wasn't even going to No, they were the going to do it. They were talking about putting it in the cinemas. And that's why they required more time and more money. And that's when he said, nope, bye. I was going to ask you guys mentioning um, Shazam. Uh, do you see what David F. Sandberg said recently about the film? No. It's shit. Well, so first of all, I was going to ask if you guys, what do you guys think its chances are at the box office? Where we Terrible. Terrible. I think good. it's going to absolutely tank hard massively. Yeah. So someone tweets out, Hey, David, I don't feel like watching this movie because of the drama happening around DC Studios. Is it just, it's just killing the vibe of the film? There's a lot of uncertainty about DC's future. Just give us an answer whether Shazam will have a role in the future of the DCU. And he says back, he definitely won't if people don't go see the movie. What I've been told Whoa. is that there's nothing in the Shazam films that contradict the future plans for DC. So the possibility for more Shazam is there. And if that's what you want, the best bet is to go see the film. A, the director is on Twitter telling people wow. to please go see the film. Wow. What's going to happen to this? What's what? Uh, oh. Warner Brothers is coming in at the uh, end of the superhero era. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The, the, you know <laughs> Warner, Warner Brothers is making a disco album in 1987. So yes. that's, that's what they're doing. <laughs> Disco's greatest hits. Yep. <laughs> okay. Casey and the Sunshine Band, Earth, Wind, and Fire, 1987, touring at Indian casinos. So uh, <laughs> that's State that's, Fairs. <laughs> of stolen, State Fairs. Of stolen money. <laughs> yeah. When a band played at Magic Mountain, it was over for them. You know, Six Flags <laughs> Magic Mountain in LA. So I saw Flock of Seagulls, like you know, in the late eighties. Wow. <laughs> it was done. I just, I just can't take this Shazam movie seriously when Helen Mirren's your villain. No, you can't. No, as far as I, I, know, I love her, she's great, but no, just no. No, and, I, and I was gonna say, as far as I know, they are passion projects from Sandberg as well. But I'm just sitting here like, man, I feel like this is this is all just nobody's got hype for this, nobody's it's just dead. No, and they it don't understand, yet. like, it would be better to cancel all of them, it, it just would because it's going to further harm the brand and the IP. Because most normal people aren't going to differentiate. They're going to go, where's Shazam? Where's, it went, believe me, when James Gunn's Superman uh, comes out, there are going to be people going, where's Henry Cavill? Where, like, because they don't pay attention to this shit. The, right. Those casuals that they, they, they need to bring in. And uh, it would have just been easier to keep them. It would have been, especially what we've heard. But uh, egos, egos always get in the way. And then the corporatism that is uh, destroyed. Like, God, when Disney bought Marvel, we all knew it. Like everybody knew it. Going, well, we'll probably get some good movies. Comics are dead. Comics are dead. They're they're going to be dead within a decade or two decades because of the corporatism. Warner Brothers owned DC forever, and they were pretty good. Uh, you know, Marvel they forgot was always, they owned it. They literally, for, yeah. I'm, I'm serious. Literally forgot they owned DC Comics. Well, they had Bob Wayne time. out there too, schmoozing with comic stores, yeah. which was a great idea because he used to own a comic store. And I thought he was a good liaison. Uh, Marvel were always dicks to comic stores. It didn't bother me that much, but they were always dicks. And I'm like, well, maybe, you know, Disney will be better. I was a sweet summer child. Uh, they were worse, <laughs> uh, much worse. And now the corporatism, you have a bunch of execs making decisions. Um, uh, I'm blanking on her name now. 
we just watched we just read her thing off Instagram that Chris Gore sent. Uh, I will well, Justine Bateman. Justine Bateman uh, was it wrong? So we have a it's tech bros and it's bankers and it's investment bankers dudes who don't watch any of this shit. Yeah, don't give a fuck about it. Making decisions about so that's what. Yeah, yeah led, but but Hollywood was always that way. You know, but at least you you had the Hollywood moguls, but it was the guys in New York with the money who called the shots. So yeah. that guy was he his ass was always on the griddle, the studio head, and he had to deliver, and he knew that. And now nobody seems to know how to deliver. Frank Zappa has a great interview where he's talking about the old music executives was yes. just some yeah. old guy chomping on a cigar, going, "I don't understand any of it, but let's go with it." He's like, he missed <laughs> you those buy days. It, kid. Yeah, yeah, you know that's 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 what yeah, we then they hired. And he said they hired a hippie to tell yep. them what kids like, and that's yep. when it went off the rails. Yep. Chuck, and, did you did you see? Um, the DC slate that was announced by uh, James Gunn. Yeah, mm. it's it's confusing. I mean, why why these characters? I, I don't even understand the choice of James Gunn because this guy's only real success has been Guardians of the Galaxy. His other movies are like so so performance wise. Why would you hand over everything to one guy? And that's the problem I have. They've they, they've got a Rolodex with like six names in it. And it's like, well, if they didn't get him, they would have gotten J.J. Abrams. So they didn't get him, Oof. they would have gotten Kathleen Kennedy. If they didn't get him, Oof. they would have gotten this guy. And it's like, you know, there are other people out there. Why don't you find other talent? Well, surely that's something to do with poaching him from Marvel, right? Because yeah. he was going to be the architect for phases four, five, six, and so on, as far as I know. He was going to be the cosmic guy. I know that was going to be a thing. But when he got booted by them temporarily, do you think he had a big meeting with DC and they were like, listen... Look, we got future plans, buddy. And it seems like you're Marvel's darling, and you just got fired. So we'll we'll scoop you right up. That's yeah. So they, so they got some on. high fives at a production meeting, and that's all they cared about. They're not thinking yep. about does this guy really have the magic touch? Well, oh. thank God he's got Tom King there to keep. Him. Well, let's go to let's go to Disney. Bringing back <laughs> Bob Iger. Bringing back Bob Iger was stupid. They should have taken time and found somebody who could move, you know, fix Disney's problems, move them in the future, get them out of this political nonsense. But they did the, the choice that would make temporarily investors happy. The safe move. It's a fucking terrible move bringing this guy back. He was he's a fucking a, he, idiot. He's every bit as woke as the guy he replaced. Yep. If not more. Yeah. And yeah. and absolutely a uh the guy the architect of all these failures the guy that they that replaced him had to deal with all his shit and like i'm not excusing bob chapik he was weak he was a pussy he bent the knee he lost his job for it and i didn't see anything less woke from disney during his reign uh and now you bring the same guy back just and it didn't even work with the investors they were they they weren't that impressed so uh, you know uh the Trump said it best. Hollywood is filled with a bunch of dumb motherfuckers with a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, the problem with Disney is it's corporate personality. I mean, since Walt died, has always been we're always the smartest people in the room, yep. even if we're doing stuff we've never done before. Oh. We're going to go into video games and we're going to make the best video games in the world because we're Disney and we don't know shit about video games. Yeah, we don't know shit about publishing, but we're going to be the biggest publisher in the world. And every single time they fall flat on their face because they think they have all the answers and they don't. But they, but somehow nothing, no, no matter what heaps of failure fall on them, they don't seem to understand. Uh, no, we got it wrong. How do we get it right next time? I mean, Walt had to do this. Walt went bankrupt over and over and over and over again and always managed to rescue the company somehow. 
you know, uh, what, thinking outside the box. You know, let's build a theme park. Uh, let's go on TV. Let's do this. Let's do that. Yeah. You know, because and, his money was on the line. Like you said, you had one guy whose money was on the line. Now it's right. just magic investor money that comes and goes. And you've got multiple cash flows and Disney owns like thousand companies that we don't even know about. And it makes up for, it, but eventually it runs out and it's run out in Hollywood. Like you're going to you, believe me, ladies and gentlemen of the two genders in the audience, uh, you will see a lot of cancellations in the next two years, a ton, a shit ton. Half the stuff being announced today is not going to make it. It's just not. Uh, well, the other thing about Walt was he was interested as a creator as well. I mean, he was yep. spending his own money, but he was spending it. I mean, when they said, you know, $70,000 for a 77-minute cartoon in, in 1930s, that's crazy. Why are you doing wow. this? He goes, because we'll sell more toys. If it's a really good cartoon, we'll sell more toys. Yep. Gary, stop looking so mad. Gary, your ventriloquism's really coming along. Is like, it good? Yeah. <laughs> you wow. can just get so much. I'm good at this. Out. Yeah. It's Fuck. <laughs> right, let's do some let's do some supers and I'll try and pull out some questions for uh <laughs> back for It's not stopping. <laughs> turn it back on, turn oh, it back shit. Off Legion again. of Memers, don't you do it? Don't you do it, <laughs> Legion of Memers? He's stuck uh, in a 1970s credit sequence. I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the end of Police Squad. <laughs> and everyone else is running around. <laughs> uh, Jade Light with a two euro says, uh, Chuck, love your Grievous comic. Keep it up. <laughs> Uh, Fisher Cat with a five Canadian says, saw a pre-sale at Ark Haven with Chuck's Conan. Can you talk about this, especially in the context of working within the public domain works? Excited. Yeah, I wrote, I've, I've written two Conan novels for, for uh, Ark Haven, and I'm going to do a third. I'm just going to do three of them. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was fun. Um, you know, they contacted me. They said, you know, Conan's in public domain. I'm like, oh no, I don't want to write any more Conan comics. I mean, I love writing them, but I don't want to do public domain Conan comics. They said, have you ever thought about writing a Conan novel based yeah. on Howard's stuff? And I'm like, ooh, hey, that is a pretty cool idea. Yes. By the end of the day, I had my first plot line, and I was we, we were off to the races. So it's just a blast. How much uh, sitting down and eating did Conan do? I don't remember him ever eating. Did we get Conan's pronouns? Yeah. Um, yeah, they were yeah. <laughs> they were kill and you. Yeah. 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 Oh. All right. I'll be right back. The uh, the link for Ark Haven, by the way, is in the description box down the uh, down below, folks. So go check out that, uh, and you can pick up uh, Chuck's works there. Um, let's have a look. Why didn't we start at eleven thirty today, says Aaron Pipes? Because we start on time. <laughs> J.S. Pena with a five losses, Gary, as Mr. Dixon. If Ultron encountered the Cybermen, would he form an alliance with them or would he control them for his own benefit? Yeah, he probably hacked them with a program of his own. So he was all of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. would. He wouldn't be happy with just controlling them. He'd want to be all of them. Yeah. He could uh, handle it. He could, he's got enough servers. He could handle it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mark's with a one one seven B with a two dollars says, "Hola, Chuck Dixon, ¿Cómo estás? 
Me and Kanta to Trabajo. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm not bilingual. I'm I've sorry worked with an awful lost. lot of Argentinians, but I'm yeah. not bilingual. Uh, Big Roger of the Five Canadians says, I just picked up Chuck's adaptation of The Hobbit, and I can't wait to read it. Um, Phantom uh, Mercenary with the $10 says, Chuck. Thanks for responding to my question on Ask Chuck Dixon oh, about how Asbat being killed off due to Joe Casada leaving for Marvel started reading comics with Nightfall. Love your work. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, Azrael got... Uh, well, Asbat obviously got uh, got done in the end of uh, Night's Quest. Uh, Night, yeah, Night's Quest. Yeah, uh, and uh, Azrael actually Jean Paul was killed in Azrael One Hundred. Right. Yeah. Well, that was the plan from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, as, the Azrael comic was Denny O'Neill's retirement plan that they DC guaranteed him no matter how low the sales dip they would keep publishing it until issue one hundred. Oh, really? So, so after he retired as an editor, he just concentrated on working on that, and uh, oh. it was kind of his exit strategy. So. Aww. So that was Man. the plan from the beginning. And and, All right. and basically he died because the readers hated him. So they, they uh, never forgave him for replacing Bruce Wayne. Oh, I, I you see I I love that story. I, I mean he's definitely, you know, he was no Bruce Wayne to me. Right. But that was the whole point. He was never meant to be in my you know, he was from what I got from the whole storyline is the you know, the industry was getting you know, you're getting all these new creators, ultra violent comics, all this and that. And people were like, yeah, yeah, this is what we want. So as far as I was aware, DC were kind of like, okay, we'll give you what an ultraviolet Batman would be. And right. then you tell us if that's what you want. So they right. gave them the ultraviolet uh, Batman because I think there was the understanding that people would be like, no, 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 this isn't Batman. Right. Which is the exact point, which is the right. exact point of the whole, the whole arc. Yeah, the um, readers hated it, which was our intention. Yes. But sales began to crater we he was going to be batman for another six months and we had to right. end it early because sales were suffering oh did not like and you are like right aspects. i thought i was gonna hate it and i didn't <laughs> i was like this fuck oh what the freaking by the way no. what would sales with was were, were were failing in 1993 94 uh, well, when we got below like 175,000 on some of the secondary titles, I, I think, I think Batman was doing the Batman comic was doing up over 200,000 mm -hmm. and most of that, most of that on newsstand. And then, uh, I, I mean, hell, this was early nineties. I mean, Punisher Warzone number one sold 3.2 million copies. Wow. You know, I, 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 when I went to the mailbox and got that check, I danced my way back to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah I, it, was, it was nothing to have a comic sell a million if you, if you were doing something special. I mean, I mean, Jim Oparo had a wonderful retirement just off of Batman 500. Oh, good. that's good to hear. Which, which I, Denny, I, I got to tell you, is Denny fought to keep him on that. DC wanted to replace him on 500 with the new art team. No, and he said, "There's no way. There's no way I'm letting you do that." What he with said, Mike Manley? It, it won't sell one less copy if Jim's doing it. The, the readers love Jim. Yeah, and he was right. He was right. I think it was a million and a half copies. 
He had such an incredible style to Jim Aparo. I loved, loved, loved Jim Aparo as well. He was such a sweetheart of a guy, just an amazing guy to hang around with. To oh, make you man. feel better, when they uh, reprinted Nightfall in those, they were color, but they were the the thicker. It was in the mid two thousand. I those things sold out all the time because they were priced right. Right. They were on like a little cheaper paper, like yep. pulp kind of paper, but the big thick books, and you can get the whole thing. Uh, you know, pretty affordable. I sold. I I, I couldn't keep them in stock. Could not keep them in stock. I, I'll tell you a Jim Aparo story. It was it was. Um, I was Please. at San Diego Comic with Graham Nolan, and we we hung out with Jim all the time. And we were in the bar one night hanging out with him, and Archie Goodwin came in oh. and, gave, and gave him his Lifetime Achievement Award. He goes, "You were supposed to come to this award ceremony, Jim." And Jim said, <laughs> ah, "I was I was talking to my friends." Oh, <laughs> oh that's awesome. Whoa. What a what a Chuck this and Graham Nolan, Archie Goodwin and Jim Aparo. Holy yep. shit. Yep. That is some that is some fucking heavyweight stuff going on there though. Yeah, yeah. We, we walked in the shadow of giants back then. Ooh. Well, you are the giants. You are the giants. You became wow. the giants. Uh, the last of the giants. Yeah, the last right. of the giants. <laughs> Unfortunately. Did uh, Dan Jurgens write Superman 75? I bet his residual check was quite nice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan, Dan did okay. <laughs> he did a paint did all right. Dan's How many did guy. that sell? Seven million, six point seven million. Yeah, they, worked, they, they worked hard to bring. I mean, turning Superman around was not an easy task, and they did it. That that team, you couldn't have found a better team to work on that than Dan and Jerry and Butch Geis and you know uh, Roger and those guys. Yeah, they, they did awesome work. Well, I mean, they brought. They brought him back when they did Rebirth, and it was fantastic. It was, it was great. Was best of the Rebirth. Absolutely. Rebirth. Yeah, absolutely. The best of Rebirth was, was Dan Jurgens back on yep. Superman, and they took him off. Yeah, I mean, that's, then, a, that's a tough character to get right, and a lot of people simply do not understand that character. They don't see the nuances. They don't yeah. see the internal conflicts and, and paradoxes within the character, and they just, you know, they just write him as... Uh, well, basically, they write him as a, a guest star in his own comic most of the time. Mm -hmm. Hey, Brian Bendis did great. <laughs> Bendis is coming. Bendis is coming. I was going to say <laughs> Bendis is coming. When I did saw they, that, did they do ads that said Bendis is coming? A double they page spread. Bendis across two pages. Bendis is coming. <sighs> and I read that and I was just like, oh, where? Face, neck, or chest? Because I remember Kirby is coming, and that meant something. Yeah. Yeah, Bendis didn't... Yeah, that didn't... I didn't get excited. I was like, can you hold off? Can we keep dancing? <laughs> so, yes. That's what can everybody you... was saying. Everybody to a man and the, you know... Can you think about baseball and stop coming? Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, no. was, I was literally doing this. I was doing this. Do not come. Do not come. That's that's what I was that's what I was doing. <laughs> oh, and then he just fucking ruined Superman. Yeah, he did. Just like ruined immediately. Him. Like did not waste any time. Oh, <laughs> oh god. Well, that's the problem when the you know you, you you these guys they come on a character and it's like, well, I'm gonna make it mine. And it's like, well, that's not what the readers want. You know, I mean, if I took over a title, I was cognizant of what the readers liked before. Yeah, and I said, like, "Well, I'm going to keep that going, and eventually, I'm going to put my own take on it. I can't help it. I'm a different guy, but 
But at first, I'm going to ease them into my And I'm never going to change the core character. I'm going to work within this framework of, of who this character is, of why he's popular, and why you would, you know, well, it's just hubris. Did you hear that, Tom King? <laughs> Did you hear that, you fucking bellend? You know, he was in the CIA. That's Dude, the reality. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah every, look. Every office needs a cleaner, Josh. Every office needs no. a cleaner. Uh, proof the CIA needs to be disbanded immediately. Yeah. He's literally the poster boy for the disillusion of, uh, disillusionment of the fucking CIA, man. I used to work for the Federal Reserve. You know, I was a janitor. Yeah, yeah you're not a shit writer, though, that thinks they're good. I also don't tell everybody I worked at the Federal Reserve. You also didn't attack Jim Lee's best mate. <laughs> and get absolutely fucking bollocked. You also uh, didn't put out a, a manifest saying I'm not going to rape my fucking employees. Now, hey, uh, yeah, Chuck, did you ever have to sign anything with Danny O'Neill uh, or Jim Aparo that you wouldn't rape uh, any of your coworkers? Uh, no, no. Okay, never, that's never. good. We had no, we didn't, that. It was an unspoken agreement. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's we, we, back then. we, we had an understanding. We had a short discussion in the elevator one day, and uh, <laughs> that, that ended. With, uh, okay, I got it. We got a breaking agreement. We got a breaking uh, treat for you people, you lovely people. Uh -oh. uh, Chuck, this is the uh, the latest trailer for Gotham Knights. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Just dropped. No, I bet you're so excited. I to bet see... you it's not better than the Birds of Prey what's show this? that lasted what's like. This five this is a new created character as well. This is well, I don't even. It's like called some like Tucker Wayne. Oh fuck it, whatever. Harvey. Oh, yeah, Batman's dead, and Harvey Dent isn't even Two Face. Never mind. It's your father. Bruce was dead. And he, and he, he's got a suit. Wait, wait, stop. He's got a business suit on and his mask. And his yeah. mask. Some, yeah, I, I'm cheap theorizing that, that somebody put the mask on his dead body, but well, it's like, the CW, it, so you never won't know. know it's Batman, so he's going to have his <laughs> Batman mask on. <laughs> I can tell that Bruce Wayne's Batman because we put a mask on him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you understand? Oh. Now you understand who he is? Oh my god! Can <laughs> you read the Wikipedia? Oh my god, it's in two weeks. apprehended the killers. Yep. They were paid for the murder. Oh my god, it's like they, they, they raided the local Hot Topic for the, <laughs> for the, for the, for the killers. Okay, you, wait, uh, Chuck, do you want to hazard a guess at who this lovely lady is? Uh, I don't know. Commissioner Gordon? Uh, <laughs> Good guess. Well, that's actually closer than the actual character she's meant to be playing, so yeah, that's not bad, actually. Uh, is, hey, wait a minute. Is she sassy? Uh, <laughs> she's, she's something, all right. This I is would write her as sassy. This is Harry Kelly from The Dark <laughs> from the dark Knight Returns. Okay. This is, uh, you can tell, with the, with the white skin and the red hair. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> is this in continuity with anything that's come before, by the way? Because this is CW. No, no. Oh, no, dude, this isn't even in continuity with the comics. <laughs> never mind. Never this mind. is just completely just bullshit, then. Yeah. yeah. It's all over the fucking place. This is 
Carrie Kelly from The Dark Knight Returns, which is set uh, like 40 years after this series is set, where it's got Harvey Dent, who isn't even fucking Two-Face, yet Batman's dead. Oh. I'll put them up to him. This makes it look like the person who paid to have your dad killed is you. Oh my god, oh what a god. I will say the delivery oh of the dialogue god. is absolutely the reassuring up, already. You killed him? Hey, by the way, Chuck, I think, I think that was... Uh, to... That, by the way, I think was Stephanie Brown. Spoiler. Stephanie Who Brown. amazingly is a blonde white girl. That's, She's a blonde, yeah. that's edgy. Lesbian. Well, yeah. Well, I, well come on. Trans. <laughs> Trans, please. Oh my god. We didn't kill your dad any more than you did. I believe you, you fucking soy boy. <laughs> I don't think you could open a packet of crisps without that passing it great, That was another great line delivery, Mahler. Yes. Was no, so I was, was going to say, like, Wait as, okay, your dad. We, we find it bad enough, right? Like, listening to piss dialogue, but I can't imagine a fucking <laughs> professional writer's been running for decades has to listen to this kind of dialogue. Like, why? <laughs> I'm getting too old for this shit. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, getting too old. I almost want to apologize. Like, you shouldn't have to be forced to watch this. Like, oh, I just thought I'd you know, compound the cliches with uh, another one. Uh, yeah, I, hey, I I'm sorry, Mahler's generation brought this upon us, Chuck. Hey. <laughs> I ain't with them, yeah. okay? <laughs> they came in with a slow bus. <laughs> Short bus. Time to pick a side. That, by the way, was the Joker's daughter. Oh. Couldn't, couldn't you tell? Sure. Couldn't you, couldn't you tell? I mean, eyeliner, dude. Duh. Duh. <laughs> I'm like quirky. <laughs> oh my god! Can we stop off and get a cappuccino? <laughs> so, what's the plan? <laughs> you get cancelled after 13 episodes. <laughs> yes, <that's> you do. <laughs> that's the plan. Well, it's 13 monthly paychecks for me anyway, because uh, spoilers in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, it's not going to be a steady no. stream, Chuck. I don't no. I feel. We're going to find who really killed my dad. Oh, no. No, 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 no. You know what? They'll recognize it as Robin if we put a little green line under her eyes. Yeah. Do you I think like she, Robin think and can stuff. Even see with those odd, do you think it's all like green in her eyes? Like she can't actually. <laughs> she's can't got, see shit. got these green lights just blaring in her. <laughs> I like Carrie Kelly because I got like what? green on my gaga. Doing the CW uh, production, <laughs> she may end up blinded by this. Like the people who get this, doesn't someone died on set with CW? At least lost the use of their legs. Right? Uh, somebody got paralyzed on the set of Batwoman. Uh, no, somebody got. He wasn't killed. even an actor. Somebody got paralyzed, and and somebody else got killed. A, a stunt Ooh. person got killed. Wow, I mean, it's terrible. What a waste. Was there Batwoman. stunt they committed suicide because they were working on Batwoman? <laughs> I mean, like somebody died making Ben Hur, but you're like, well, hell, it's Ben Hur. It's Ben Hur. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that guy's <laughs> looking down at heaven, like you know what? Sharky's <laughs> machine. Somebody great. died making a uh, Sharky's machine. That was still good too. I like that movie. Yeah. 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 Jeez. 
Universe did not. Whoa, 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 hold on. What was that? No, 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 no. Wait, what is that? Don't know. Oh, no. Is that meant to be Talon? Uh, yeah, maybe. I can't really tell because it's, it's, it's shot like shit. Yeah, he's shot like shit and dark as fuck because it, it's probably a hot topic outfit he's actually wearing. Oh no. First, did not want you to follow down the same path. People will die if I don't. Well, People he's hoping. <laughs> Gotham Knights. Oh. Oh. I'm going to be so rich. I'm going to be rich beyond my wildest dreams. March 14th. That's not even long. Two oh. weeks today. Two weeks today. Wow. Dude. Wow. That... Hey, did you know there's another show that premieres, I believe, today? Tomorrow? Tomorrow. That'd be Mando, yeah. Mandalorian. Mando. That nobody gives a shit about. And nobody gives a shit. Mm. My old audience are excited to see us react to it. <laughs> like, that's going to be great. I ain't, I ain't watching it. I couldn't, I couldn't give a toss. I read where none of the Disney plus Marvel or Star Wars shows have ever been in the top 15 streaming shows. Overall, no, they have not. No, not, dude, not they overall. Have, They've been in original. There's they made a new category for them, original. Cause if you go to the overall, it's like the office. It's like uh, like reruns just destroy everything. Yeah. Uh, Rings of Power, which was supposed to be watched by 100 million people and the most watched thing on Amazon, according to Amazon. Turned out it finished behind the boys, which was on Amazon. Wow. And didn't have a hundred million views. Wow. So somebody lying. Mm, Somebody's okay. lying. I wonder oh, yeah. who who could be lying. Is it the people <laughs> who have the statistics? Or is it the company that made the product? Let me have a think. We'll work it out eventually. That's what I mean. These streaming services, they have the numbers. They don't want you to know what they are. They but do not. They, no, the they, they would let us know if they were good numbers. Yes. Right. And and apparently they don't share them with the showrunners. Wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> why would you not do that? The show is like, are we doing good? It's like, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's your response. Yeah. Yes. How are we doing? Well, I, I checked out. We're doing pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Okay. Okay. Elaborate on that a little bit. Nope. You see, <laughs> pretty good. It. Did, did my industry. mom watch it? <laughs> Gaming PC units like moved all the time with successful games. They want you to know just how well they're doing, but it's weird. They're very quiet and vague with all these TV shows. Mm -hmm. What, like when Hogwarts Legacy said, yeah, we sold 12 million copies in two weeks and made $850 million? Dude, it was the same for that. Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok. They all show off. They're like, look at our units. Look at these beautiful units. Look at my it's giant like, yeah. unit. It's <laughs> yeah, so look at my giant. huge fucking my unit. unit is huge. <laughs> yeah, look at it. Look at it. Look. Yeah. Meanwhile. And, and you know, meanwhile, Netflix. Um, yeah, we're doing like great and stuff. <laughs> well, they go. Sure. As they have a whole brag, department you know? of people whose whole job it is is to find out a record they've broken in any way, shape, or form. Find one. They're like, all right, we've got this. And it's like these 14 different qualifiers all at once. And they're like, there you go. There's the record broken. Hey, uh, <laughs> you got to watch Ant-Man. Like, it's the first episode of a series that's actually a movie. Oh, uh, that's the way you got to see it. Uh, that was the nicest review. Our boy wow. Ramos, Ra yeah, Ramos, yeah. Um, rape, rape, what? Ra Ramos, raped who? Raped who? 
His um his tweet should probably be framed as like the the end. <laughs> like that's we we failed. It's over. Yeah. The fact that we got to like near the end of phase four, the end of a trilogy, and he's describing it as episode one. You're like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't even understand. And he's like, don't don't look at it as a story. Look at it as episode one of a big story. That's how about how about I judge it based on the film? Yeah, yeah. based on what it is. How about that? How about, well, remember, that? How about um, I do that? Wasn't it quote, some quotes from James Gummer who was saying he was lamenting like the fact that we've gone to a point where people are more excited about where things go instead of what things are, which is very true. I think all of us have noticed this. Um, what I was just talking about with David F. Sandberg, right? He was responding to someone saying, why should I care about your movie if it's not going to be involved in other things going forward? And it's like, imagine saying that about Jurassic Park. Being like, why should I care about oh, Jurassic okay. Park if I'm not guaranteed a sequel? But... I get what that person's saying because of, of Gunn coming in and redoing everything. Because literally, Aquaman, Flash, which could be good, is probably... Mm -mm. Aquaman, Flash, and Shazam, they're literally throwaway movies because they're going to really have nothing to do with, with James Gunn going forward. So essentially saying, what's the kind of point? Well, what's the point of me seeing this? Imagine, let's say hypothetically, we had yeah. a franchise that was almost dead and a season of this franchise was given to someone with a lot more trust with a guarantee that they're not going to make anything going forward after that, would you guys check it out if it was likely to be good? Obviously, I am I am implying something here that's an actual reality. I know. <laughs> like, and, you know, you don't need to say, hey, where's four, season four? I'm not going to watch season three if there's no season four. It's like, no, no, you can check. What I'm getting at is if Shazam 2 was something that was going to be like a fucking great film on its own, I think people would have the passion to watch it anyway. The fact that people are like, yeah, but where does it go, though? It's like, oh, man. And I don't blame uh, David for that. I think it's more that Marvel has really uh, done some serious damage to the film industry, like uh, overall with how they, how, how these yes. films are made, how people consume but them. Just we talked about it, but the fact that Loki Season 2 is the hook at the end of Ant-Man, it's like, Loki Season 2? <sighs> what are we doing? It's 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 the Katy Perry and Taylor Swifting of the of the movie industry. It's all just yeah. a bunch of pop uh, crap based on an algorithm, uh, and yeah, that's that's where it's going. That's where it's going, and and every time something gets digitized, every time something goes to streaming, this happens to every fucking industry. And what it does is it it, it dilutes it dilutes the industry, you yeah. know, uh, yeah. and. Well, well, that, that. well, yeah, and you know, what? you don't even have to listen to us. All the famous great auteur directors, they've all each basically taken shots at, uh, at what Marvel has done. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's read some more supers, uh, for Chuck while well, we've got him. Yellow Flash with a $20 says, Good to see Chuck. My first comic book was Robin to the Joker's Wild, it wow. all started for me there. Nice, cool. cool. Uh, pseudo signed with a fifty dollars says Chuck. What was it like working on the blade itself with Joe Abercrombie? Great series for the rest of the panel. One of the best, easily. Seeing an adaptation was a dream for me. It looked fantastic. Any chance y'all might work together again? Well, I mean, he was really easy to adapt to comics, and this is after I'd done some stuff some wheel of time stuff, which was nearly impossible to adapt to comics. Uh, Joe's stuff really worked. But what, what happened was I think I wrote two issues of that 
And I didn't realize it, but I was teaching Joe how to write comics. So he just did the rest of it himself, <laughs> which is fine with me. But yeah, I don't think I'll be working with him anymore because now he knows how to do it. <laughs> oh. uh, Sean Ferris with a 1776 says, Hail panel and chat. Chuck, what was your opinion on Bane in the Secret Six comic? Same question for the rest of the panel. I thought it was a good series, but what do I know? Joe Frankenstein, let's go! That releases tomorrow. Yeah, Bane. Um, the, the thing about Bane was uh, in the, th the three iterations that like, happened after I left, each of the writers called and talked to me and asked questions, which I'd never had happen before. Uh, uh, Gail and, and Scott Beatty and Tony Bedard all spent quite a bit of time with me on the phone uh, asking me questions because you know you read the comics but there's a lot in the writer's head that went unwritten uh, things yeah. that I understood about the character they didn't so I gotta yeah. say you know they did a good job they were at least diligent enough to talk to me about the did Tom King talk to you no that's because he's shit he was, he was crying he was crying too busy crying <laughs> yeah <laughs> He's too busy asking for his mummy. Where's yep. my mummy? Why is my dad hate me? Why did my dad never come back with that pack of smokes? Yeah. <laughs> this uh, this may be my only chance to ask. I just realized I should. Uh, Chuck, what did you think of Bane's portrayal in the famous Schumacher's Batman and Robin? Uh, How much was... was your residual check for that? Yes. <laughs> money was good. Money, they, and they made a lot of action figures, which was cool. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, you know, I never saw the movie all the way through. I mean, it came out, <laughs> Look at you. It came out during um, when it, it came out when I, Graham and I were at San Diego at the same time. Um, no, no, it was earlier than that. Anyway, great. And we went two nights in a row to go see it at the multiplex near the convention center. And both times, just before we went to buy our tickets, we said, "Now we can't do it. We saw something else. <laughs> <laughs> was it because you, you, you'd you already seen it? Images or... or uh... The images were fine. It just... Um, it wasn't the images of Bane that bothered me. It was the images of Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy that were like, oh, God, this looks like a stinker. Ooh. A total stinker. And the, and the clips we saw of Clooney, it's like, nah, this isn't going to be good. Hey, Freeze, I'm Batman. Yeah, his, his whole gimmick was gimmick was to tilt his head. That that was his contribution to the characters. Tilt his head. Uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll uh, the dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. It wasn't as fucking meet you anyway. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this, this is my bane, Chuck. There's my bane. Oh yeah, yeah. That's in my bedroom yeah. right now. I got I got to pick that one up. I have all the other ones. I don't have that one yet. You need yeah. You need because this uh, this comes. Either with the Tom King portrait, fuck that. Right. I am super or, distracted. Or you can get by it something. with this one, and this is the I'm one I'm not seeing Bane right now. Yeah, huh? I'm not seeing oh. Bane right now. I'm totally well. Distracted. I mean, you know, yeah, Bane. Yeah, knows, I mean, he's like a oh, Bane smash. You know what I mean? Yeah. And no, they don't send this one. So yeah, yeah. If you look, if you look behind me on the shelf, you can see my shelves of Bane. All the, I see the oh Bane yeah, yeah. So I've been, I was checking that They're out. Earlier. So. I was checking that out. <laughs> um fuck Tom King. Um just, <laughs> sorry, I got Tourette's. Chuck, I got Tourette's. I'm sorry. I did he, he just popped out. It just no, I think out. you meant to say fuck Tom King. That's what I think. Oh yeah, I meant to say completely fuck Tom King. Yeah. Absolutely cool. Uh 
Matthew Hammond with a ten dollar says, "What take would Chuck Dixon take with Dilbert now that Scott Adams killed his distribution in newspapers?" What? 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 I, what, what I missed that completely. What? This, I'm reading it verbatim. What take would Chuck Dixon take with Dilbert now that Scott Adams killed his distribution in newspapers? So, I mean, is it? Is, does he have no distribution, or does he well, have from, a greatly reduced distribution? From my tertiary knowledge, there's a clip from one of his streams, I guess, where he says something really bad. Uh, there may be context that makes it better, but it sounds terrible. And it's yeah, he got he got the him, big cancellation, and it's cost him all distribution, as far as I know. Like, so he's not in any newspapers at all. As far as I know, uh, a friend of mine was telling me he's like newspapers are just dropping him left, right. And yeah, the newspapers wow. have dropped him. His his managers dropped him. Everyone's dropped him. He's what, now a pariah. What was the nature of what he said without telling I, him? I think it was he was responding to a poll where the poll was a bunch of black people being asked if something about white people. All I got, I got the the really small thing. So, like I said, I assume I've got zero context on what he, why he said. Did his nineteen-year-old girlfriend drop him? Just probably trying. not. Okay. Probably not. Not that paycheck. No, not not that paycheck. That's no, kind sir. Of a joke. No, I'm sir. Sorry, he just has a young. I don't know. If she's nineteen. <clears throat> no, yeah, he's going to have to find some alternate distribution. I guess. I don't. Yeah, he's going to have to go to crowdfunding. Crowdfunding. I'm sure he could make it work. Enoch uh, Ramon with a $20 says, I maintain that the era of Denny O'Neill editing the trifecta, perfecta, Chuck Dixon, Alan Grant, Doug Moach is Batman's best era. Mr. Dixon, you're up there with Stan Lee and Frank Miller as one of my favorite comic Ooh, writers. Cool. Cool. Well, I mean, when Denny retired, that was the end of an era. That was that's when comics changed entirely. He was like the last holdout mm. uh, working for. I, I'd include Mike Carlin as well, but I think Mike Carlin got outvoted a lot of times by the uh, largely indifferent editors that, that began to replace the other editors who left. Mm. So, you know, it's not interested in quality bad. anymore. No, editing is is dead. No. no, I mean Denny was so serious about funny books. You know, yeah. I mean, you had yes. to do, you know, he, he just rode you hard, you know, not in a bad way, but he just wanted you to be true to the character. Sure. Once you proved yourself, he left you alone. It was hands off. As, you know, unless you screwed up, he didn't step in. No, I, well, I mean, edit, I think as you're completely wrong about editing. What about Arpel O'Neill? Arpel O'Neill. A comic got out. A comic got out. It was supposed to be April O'Neil, and it says Arpel on the cover. Yeah, on the cover. Arpel O'Neil. They used to pulp comics when something like that happened. I think they should pulp Heather Anderson. To be honest with you, yeah. Oh no, Arpel O'Neil, dude. Those will become super valuable in the future, right? I imagine. Not these comics, no. Well, that's true. <laughs> okay, okay. Remember, remember when... Uh, Here's a I double mean, cover of Mr. Freeze, maybe, you know. On you're a, you're thinking of comics people want. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Warren, Warren Ellis, yeah, exactly. Warren Ellis did a Carnage book where, like, Carnage is dreaming of eating babies. They pulled that off the shelf. They, ac they accidentally showed um, Electra's vag 
which was very uh she went to brazil uh well the artist tried to get it by and they didn't so they pulled copies of that uh then batman's the dick El- of course batman's dick batman's and, uh, the elseworlds yeah. annual um they pulped because they put uh, a baby superman in a microwave yes what yeah <laughs> i want that comic well, now. they, they eventually reprinted it oh. does anyone have this <laughs> I had a cop. I had a few copies. Um, I might still have one hanging around. They went for so much money. I've sold most of the ones I, I had. Decent amount of money to have that. That's- Gary and I both own a copy of Batman's Dick. Oh yeah, <laughs> I showed it on the stream. I like. I was. You know, this was a long time ago when nobody was watching. So I'm like, hey, look at Batman's dick. Oh, I probably shouldn't show that in the stream, should I? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't believe. Oh, no, I'm not going to go into Batman's dick. Let's leave that. Uh, there's a quote for Cole you. Kohlhauser with a 20 Canadian says, Chuck, you are indeed a legend. Thanks for being here. You brought back memories for me, as that's how I knew how Transformers and G.I. Joe, that action packed commercial, and ended with Find Out in Marvel Comics. That's what I was yep. saying earlier. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, comics. Marketing, great industry. <laughs> I remember, I remember a, a retailer uh, friend of mine when that GI Joe ad came on. He said, "I I was opening the door to my store, unlocking the door, and the phone was like I could hear the phone ring." And he goes, "And it never, st- it didn't stop all day long. It just rang all day long." You have that GI Joe comic? You have that GI Joe comic? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fat Steven Seagal with the two Canadians says, "Hey Chuck, <laughs> these guys on the panel are good peeps." Well, yeah, I, thanks. I'm, I'm learning that. Hey, hey I'm chat. That. Good trivia, to hear from you. Chat <laughs> trivia question: Don't cheat. What's what comic book showed uh, Peter Parker's wiener? Wow. Oh, did it way the before camp, Batman? Way before the camp, Batman. The Campier show. <laughs> I I don't have that sound effect, or I would do it. No, I no. hunted. Rob, I hunted for Toby McGuire's dick. I'll give you a a hint: shriveled. Shriveled, shriveled wiener. No, no. Tom King. No. no. <laughs> I'm waiting for the chat. Uh, they didn't pull it either. They didn't pull it. They, they just well, neither neither did Peter because it was it was shriveled. I hunted, I hunted for Toby McGuire's dick. <laughs> the oh, chat, you're not, the the chat are not getting Gary? it. Spider-Man Rain. Thank you, Justin. You got it, Justin. You got it, buddy. You win the no prize. Spider-Man Rain number three. Okay. You said shriveled. Someone said an Ant-Man comic. Spider-Man Rain is actually really freaking good. Really good. It's supposed to be like a the end, Spider-Man the end comic book. Like him at the absolute end. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I killed the chat. Sorry, guys. I know. Michael, what are you talking about fucking to- fucking Spider-Man shriveled dick? Well, <laughs> I didn't put it in the comic. Marvel did. Okay. You put it in the and fucking stream instead. Sometimes conversations take you places. There's nothing okay. wrong with that. Okay. <sighs> you know, Batman schlong turns into Spider-Man shriveled dick. Okay, whatever. Yeah, makes sense. Michael well, Hutchinson with the $2. a healthy schlong, at least. I mean, that was the schlong in his prime. Do you know what? The, okay, all right, we're doing this. We're having this conversation. <laughs> we're doing it. Do you, do you know what the Wait, biggest dicks in here? <laughs> so, do you know what the biggest criticism of Batman's dick was from the fucking internet? No, that he that he was circumcised. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's oh. right. 
That was the. Uh, that's what people are like. Um, <laughs> why is he got a circumcised penis? Why is it? Why isn't he that uncircumcised? That was. That's what they were fucking moaning and complaining about. Well, uh, yeah. Is Spider-Man Jewish? What's going on? <laughs> Not everybody who's circumcised is Jewish. People know that, right? I thought everyone knew that. They should. Um, they should. Yeah. But, I mean, I think we're giving a lot of people too much credit because they don't leave their rooms anymore. <laughs> yeah. They're in their cars yeah. making TikTok videos and chopping off their circumcised dicks. When so it's a learning to read Wikipedia about this. Yeah. I just took cool. it to a dark place. I'm sorry. It's well, no, a true place, though. It shows educational <laughs> as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, don't cut your dick off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do drugs like do a it. normal kid, okay? Yeah, just, just you know, just get high or something. Yeah, get an earring, get a, get no, a don't get a tattoo. Yeah, you paint some wall. Want to piss off your dad something. nowadays? Read a comic. You want to piss off your dad nowadays? Go to church, become a Christian. Do it, do what they did when I was a kid. Don't listen time. to your teachers. Read yeah. this. Read this. Here. Yeah. Do that instead. Link in the description down below. Go read that. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it twice. I'm running. I'm going to read it. I might read it three times. I bought them all. I spent all my Chuck's going to be making some money. I hope so. When you finish that Conan book, I'm going to be, you're going to be making some money. I'm going right. to buy the shit out of that. All right. Uh, Michael Hutchinson with the two dollars is glad to see you have Chuck on the show. Absolute privilege to have Chuck on the show. Yep. Hey, Hutch. How you doing? He's Hutch is my uh, nitpicker in chief. He, he's the first person that reads my novels. I mean, oh, he, he, guy can find typos like like uh, you know truffle hounds find truffles. Oh, <laughs> one of those mm -hmm. guys, huh? Yeah, he's yeah. good. Hey, we all need those. We do. Oh yeah, They're, he's a rock. <laughs> Grendel Vivant Vivant with a five dollars is Vin Diesel on Tolkien. The moment <laughs> when Chuck, As, and Gary realized. They were in a simulation which just started <laughs> crashing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now I know what token feels like. Yeah. <laughs> I am Groot. Uh, Vernon Hampton with a two dollars says, Mr. Dixon, thank you for giving us Bane. Oh, sure. My pleasure. Thank you. Me and Graham. Yeah. So. Great character, great story, great art, man. Paul. Definitely what I'll be remembered for most. So. It's not a bad thing to be remembered for. No, no. I mean, I, we oh. added a permanent member to Batman's Rose Gallery. It hadn't been done in decades. Yeah. N not just so. a permanent member of the gallery, though. A, like, a, a proper one. A, yeah. Yeah, yeah. An alpha, you know, an alpha yeah. villain yeah, to go alongside all the others. He's pretty iconic. There's a, yeah. a lot of people are familiar with Bane soon after they're familiar with batman yeah he was just a crossword puzzle clue and a crossword i did the other day and i'm like Ooh. i saw that tweet wow i saw that tweet <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that is cool yeah Burn. okay you, you didn't see the film you didn't see the film don't worry about it no no demi moore's tapeworm with a fucking are they <laughs> I was born in the darkness. Wait, which day are we talking I was, about? I was born in the dark. Dark, I was dark. I was born in the 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 dark. I was born in
Wait, why is he something <laughs> Stallone? <laughs> hey, hey, I think you arrived when Crowder did Tranny Bane uh, as a bit, which was better than Bane from fucking Dark Knight Rises. So, oh. <laughs> I think my favorite Bane is a guy did he redubbed uh, Dark Knight Rises, and Bane only talks about cereal. Uh, <laughs> uh, breakfast cereal and my favorite line is did you have your fiber today did you have your fiber today oh, what God. did you eat for breakfast I've got to find this I want to see that one. I, want to, I wanted to be putting his hand on the guy's shoulder at the time did you have your fiber today <laughs> you're a monster <laughs> you really adopted the frog yeah, you, you need one of your five <laughs> <laughs> Demi Moore's take one with the five dollars says easy there, fuzzy little man peach. Chuck, love your work as my uncle slash aunt. Okay, is waiting to hear back from you. He she said you had a great night. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I get no fucking respect around here, you know. No, <laughs> none. Uh Dragonborn35, Darren with a £10, says, This is really special for me. My three favorite YouTubers, but most of all, Sir Chuck Dixon, my one and only favorite comic book writer. Thank you all for everything. There you Thank go. you. Uh, if, oh, God. Just jumped on me. I've been knighted. Virtually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as a Brit, I can do that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Arise, Sir nice. Chuck. All right. No, you're from New Zealand. I got that going going for me. Yeah. You're you're Uh, a Kiwi knight now. Huh? said you're a Kiwi knight now. You're from New Zealand. You can't knight anybody. Why are you going to give me shit, man? Why are you going to give me shit? Hey, I found it. I know you got to get through the soups, but I found it. The breakfast cereal. All right. Okay. Let's let's go full screen. Oh. It's all right. They'll all die from nuclear fallout. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the unfortunate sucking of the Dark Knight Rises. But yeah. Uh, okay, we just received a copyright strike as oh, we've I'm been sorry. doing. <laughs> was it the music or the... due to a copyright match? Your stream was interrupted. Wow. Oh. Hopefully it'll come back up. I think, I think it was warning. Heads up. Your stream has been temporarily blocked because we detected an audio and video. It would seem the fun police have arrived. Hey. <laughs> Our laughing was transformative. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. It was transformative. It was added content. We're all transformative. You can't ban us on t- on, on YouTube because we're trans. Transformative. <laughs> can, we come, can we come back, YouTube, please? Please. I think we're back. Please. Oh, now we got the F, F in the chat. F's in the chat. F's Come in on, the YouTube, chat. Let us back in. Come on. Let us back. Let us back. Come on, YouTube. Let us back in. Hang on. Knock, knock. Who's is there? Us. Let us back in. Is it back? 
Is it back? Is it back? Is it back? Is it, is it we're back? Not, yeah. We're, we're, we're yeah. not back. We're not back. We're not back. We're back. Yeah. Wow. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. Actually, no. Stream unavailable. Stream suspended for policy violation. We are just talking to each other now. That's that crazy. sucks. Can we they usually back? they usually let it back in a minute, but uh, yeah, I'll tell people to hang in there. Hang. Hang in there. Hang in there, champ. Hang in there. It's my fault. I'm sorry, Adam. We broke the internet. Broke the internet. Yeah. Broke the stream anyway. Come on. On YouTube. Come on. Don't be like that. I'm just going to tell like people, that. you are missing the best stream ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's back up. Really says is it? Are we? It is. Yeah, we're back. People of Earth. <laughs> we're back. Okay, YouTube. Okay. We made Look, it. it it was transformative. It was transformative. It was transformative. We were giggling. That was that's better than fucking anything that's on Twitch. I mean, they just I, eat I, cereal. I, I, Don't say shit. Don't even get on. me started. <laughs> like, that's, oh, it's so oh, yeah, unfair yeah, yeah, that we yeah, get yeah. clipped for it, but they get to like. Yeah, whoa. just watch all of our videos, dude. Have you have you seen the new man? They go to sleep. While they play TV shows and they make money from it. Wait, who? Who? Twitch. Twitch streamers. They can go to Twitch ones. Play. Oh, I, I, uh, this. I think Casey Tron was the one that I saw as an example of this. You can, you can literally just put on TV shows like Master Chef and go to sleep while people pay you to sleep in front of the show. What, like, and, and what, what just happened? We were taken down for a for I'm something doing, that was already I'm doing a creative montage. I'm doing all this wrong. I'm I know, it, right? I'm doing all this wrong. Wrong professions. Yeah, everybody. I can sleep in front of TV shows. I, I can do that. I'm, I, I'm willing. I'm willing yeah. to do that. Man, uh, no, exactly. hundred TV shows. I'd love to fall asleep in front of. Yeah, hell yeah. And get paid. I'm an old man. I fall asleep in front of TV shows. Like that's my get. That's what I'm supposed to do now as an old dad. Like I'm actually asleep. asleep right now. By the way, yes. uh, yeah. someone just mentioned Shannon. Yeah, you know, there there are hundreds of coma patients out there. Missing out. Yeah. That could be uh, well, so By the time you woke up, you could be a millionaire. <laughs> People say, like, why was I watching this? I don't watch it. I was told about this. Uh, that's how I also know there's a sleep section on Twitch now, apparently. There's like a, that's like a tab for a genre. Wow. I know. Wow. It's crazy. It's the end of civilization as we know it. Oh, God. This is it. about all the hours spent editing. I know, I know. Ah, I'm just gonna get AI. Oh, yeah. me. Streams are interrupted when copyrighted content is detected. After copyrighted material is no longer being streamed. <laughs> you know, as Jane is my name. If you say it too many times, it's a name. <laughs> you see, as victory has defeated you, victory has defeated you. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty applicable, I'm gonna say it. Uh, no Zaku boy with a fifty dollar. We gotta give this no Zaku boy it says, Who sees into the hearts of men and the undergarments of women? Peeping Tom <laughs> raiders turn to violence to maintain their manifesto monopoly and control the narrative through media distribution. Can Tom <laughs> break the grip of Diamond Hands? Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, Chase, we're at the three hour mark. So, All right. folks, I will do a super chat square up on Sunday. Uh, for the rest of the super chats, thank you so much 
for them. Apologies that they didn't get read out during the stream. Obviously, lots of conversation going on. But I would do a Super Chat Square Sunday, 2.30 p.m. UK time. I'll go through all the rest of the Supers and uh, and we'll have chatsy poosies about other stuff as well. Probably uh, might be a little bit too early for the third weekend of Ant-Man, but we can probably talk about a little bit of Ant-Man. Chuck, <laughs> thank you so much indeed uh, for coming on the show today. Uh, again, folks, one last time before we go, we can't go without sharing this once more. The link is in the description box down below. Please go support uh, Chuck Dixon's Rambo First Kill graphic novel. Chuck, do you want to give people a bit of a taste of what uh, to expect? Well, I mean, uh, we, we take him from uh, being a high school student in Arizona. Uh, he has to enlist in the Army to stay out of jail. And uh, it, it's basically his first tour in Vietnam. He uh, ends up at a, a doomed fire base. And uh, there's all kinds of suspense and portrayal. It's a straight-up Vietnam War action uh, story and largely based on interviews I did with uh, Vietnam veterans over the years. Oh, wow. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. So there's a lot of stuff wow. in here that actually happened to real people. I, I'm a little bit confused. Uh, didn't you just go to Wikipedia? <laughs> yeah. No, no. All the good stories have not been told yet. You got to talk to the guys who were there. They'll tell you stuff that they, you know, crazy. They'd rather people didn't know. But you just might revolutionize the industry with. Yeah, yeah. I did research. (laughs) And they all said they loved Jane Fonda. By the way, they just said was that. Oh yeah, huge fans. Huge fans. (laughs) And Blake Edwards. Blake Edwards. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So please, link is in the description. I've just put it into the chat again. Please go support. Uh, Chuck Dixon on this venture, and of course, Critical Drinker is going to be in there as well. So, yeah. you, you know, two for one there, folks. You know, he All gets good. enough attention. I know, I know, but he's. he's I'm just kidding. With, I love him. He's, he's worth it. He's we worth love it. Him. He was just in uh, Atlanta at a Comic Con, and I missed wow. him again. He's in the states. He's doing yeah, the he's, Lord's work. He is. Yeah, he is. He is. That's a good dude. Good uh, dude. Chuck, is there anything else that you'd like to plug while we're here? In the description box, we do have the link. Uh, to your subscribe star uh, if you want to support Chuck there we do have the link to your Arc Haven as well yeah so check out do- Arc Tunes. it's free digital comics uh, My Sister Suprema, something big, a whole bunch of my stuff is up there, you can read it for free what better that's brilliant I know Yeah. yeah what a deal. Uh, thank you so much again for, uh, for being the guest on today's show I uh, really do appreciate it, you are legitimate and i say this absolute with absolute sincerity a legitimate comic book legend and uh to be quite honest with you it's uh it's criminal that you're uh not uh still shaping and forming uh modern day comics in the mainstream industry uh because they really need it because these fuckers ain't got a clue what they're doing well thanks for the kind words does that mean i can come back someday I think you can come back. Do you want to come back? I mean, that's like yeah, that's that's yeah, that's just the question. You, do you don't. Want, yeah, do you want yeah. To? We, we just have... assume you'll never want to have anything to do with us again after this. No, I had a ball. I had a ball. I'd love to come back and talk to you guys again. That was hell was yeah. Well, Graham said, "How about yes. Chuck and I come on together?" Oh, we should definitely do that. And I know tomorrow, you guys have got a a, a little Indiegogo campaign. Joel Frankenstein, right? It's kicking off. 
Yep. So, uh, and that's only a 30-day campaign. So maybe uh, we get you back uh, while the campaign's still active and yep. uh, get the both of you on. Let's do that. Wreak havoc. Let's do that. Yeah, because the two of us together, it's like Leopold and Loeb, man. We're trouble. Uh, let's do it. Uh-huh. I might just completely fangirl. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to take some sort of uh, relaxant uh, <laughs> to, beforehand just to try and calm me down. You know, just keep it calm. Keep it together. I'm, I'll start smoking again. I'll get. I'll start smoking again. You know, Do not start smoking again. I'll start smoking again just no. for the just for the show. I'll just be like that all the show, like yeah. Chuck, you wanna <laughs> you know talk about some some of those comics and shit? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, I look forward to that. Uh it's it's been absolute honor and a privilege. Seriously, honor and a privilege to have you on. Uh, when I say my dream team is is Dixon Nolan, I'm you know I'm not joking. That to me was just uh, you you literally made me fall in love with comics. Uh, your writing, the way you, you, you the way that you portrayed your characters, whether it be Batman, whether it be Robin, Nightwing, Catwoman, Azrael, etc. It's just the way that you wrote, the style that you wrote. Um, you could just tell the passion and and, and the love and and everything was on the page. And when you can see that level of quality on a page uh it's so infectious for for a reader because i you can just you can just be reading you just tell it and you're just absorbing that in and it just it just fuels your love of comics and you have played such a a massive part in that love of comics which has been going since 1992 so uh thank you so much from the bottom of some fangirl's heart well i worked Uh, my spell on you yeah well (laughs) It, you did all right, mate. You did all right, mate. That's what I can say with that. Done good. Right. Uh, boy, mm. done good. Boy, done good, innit? Yeah. Boy, yep. done good, innit? Uh, Mola, is there anything uh, you'd like to plug before we go? I'll forego my week's plug in exchange for just saying it was a pleasure talking to Ooh. you, Chuck. I've really enjoyed this. It's been fun. And especially hearing so many different insights, not only about the history of the industry, but just the way that you want to do your work. You don't understand with the amount of background interviews and production elements we all get exposed to in modern writing it's rare to ever hear a writer say i'd like to know what writers liked about this character i'd like to know what the audience were invested in just never hear that anymore no so it's a you know i wish i were hearing that from a writer who's as influential as some of them are these days who you don't even know how they get to that position in their job but uh you know, yeah, uh, support this man's work. He's, he's the kind of writer that I'm very glad we at least got to have you uh, at some point in history, you know, and we need more of them. So thank, thank you. you. Amen to that. Thank you. All right. Wow. Gary. I can't, I'm gonna, uh, Chuck, you're awesome. Uh, thanks for making me money. I am, I'm glad I helped you make a couple of bucks too. Uh, it's, <laughs> and, uh, you know, just, I can't wait to talk to you again. We'll get you on Friday night tights, even if it's for like an hour, if we get you and Graham on to okay. push your book during this month and then uh, we'll get you and Graham on. And, and yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, I hope we get to talk a lot uh, like yeah. for you to come back. This was, this was brilliant. I had a great time. We'll do it Thank again. You. All right. You're a legend, dude. We, we won't, uh, we won't so, show any more copyright material and get thrown off. Probably, yeah. Well, no promises. No, no, promises. Yeah, no promises, though. We'll try. Uh, 
Uh, it's been again, yeah. Just Thanks, thank you Sean. so much. It's so wonderful, by the way. It's, it's awesome. Just one final thing. It's just so awesome to see. I've, you know, I've been talking about how you shaped my love for comics from 1992 and through the 90s through to today. But it's incredible. 2023. Here you are, still passionate, still producing, and it, and and that to me just shows, uh, you know, head and shoulders above anything else. The true level of commitment, the true level of love that you have for these silly, funny books that we we love to pick up. And uh, my God, that is that is just so incredible to see. So thank you, thank you so much. I got nowhere else to go. Yeah, <laughs> it's the only but, thing I can do well. Appreciate the comic book writer who has added so much to the American mythology that will that still isn't fully appreciated. Uh, I'd like to see them be fully appreciated while they're around. Uh, and not a hundred years from now when they go, man, that was a crazy time. They're writ writing these sequential stories over decades. And, you know, for the most part, they made sense and they were really good. And they inspired a generation, multiple generations of creators, half the people in Hollywood right now who are true nerds, read comic books, read comic books. So, uh, you know, thank you, Chuck, for being part of that. I appreciate that. And, uh, my, you know, it's my favorite medium, too. It's the best medium there is, man. You know, it's like, it's like the peanut butter cup of mediums. You know, <laughs> uh, chat. Thank you so much for participating and being part of this uh, special stream with Chuck uh, Dixon today. I was going to say, Chuck Nolan, I wanted to marry you. I was just, <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to blend you together <laughs> in, in one hideous chimera. Of writing an artistic. Are comic. you shipping them right now? That's kind of gay, dude. Shipping. <laughs> I'll tweet it out later. Oh my god! Sucking Graham. Mods, thank you so much indeed. Everyone who super chatted, thank you again. Sorry that if you didn't super chat, didn't get run out in today's show, but I will do a super chat square up. Sunday, UK time, 2.30, and I'll go through every single one of those supers. And everyone who also uh, became a member today, thank you so much indeed. Really, really appreciate that. We will be back next week on Gary's channel. Uh, we're unfortunately being no, nobody. With Yellow Flash. I know, I'm joking. Yeah. We got <laughs> Yellow Flash on the, the show. Big nobody. Big comic book nerd. Big comic book nerd. We we talk uh, Yellow Flash and I within uh, the old uh, Demuz DMs. Yeah, we, do we, those. Uh, we talk a lot of a lot of comic, a lot of comic stuff, and uh, heritage uh, auctions. Start fucking accepting UK shit, you fucking racists! Oh, wanna, they I want to buy. No, they don't ship or to accept UK. Well, Try well, to sign I'll up have today. To help you with that. As long as I don't keep all the shit I buy for you. There's a Norm Bray Fogel piece of art up there. Send it to me. Send it to me. We'll, we'll get it hooked up. Uh, so thank you so much. So Sunday, 2.30 uh, p.m. UK time on this channel. I'll go through all of those supers. Thank you so much indeed. We'll be around next week. Yellow Flash. Until then, take care. Bye for now. And I might, in a few minutes stream some destiny 2 because the new expansion just came out mm. we'll see we'll see we'll see uh I'm take care pass out. thank you again Bye. Chuck. bye for now <laughs>